2: everybody it's february 27th 2013 and you are listening to the talking comics podcast i am your host bobby shortle and i'm in the house with steve say hello mr bob ryer konnichiwa and joining us once again rob newmeyer Good evening. All right, Stephanie is away at Emerald City, and I'm sure she will regale us of tales in the coming weeks. Um, she better but write right,
3: gifts when she comes back. It's
2: true. She needs to bring. Well, she, I don't. She's never gonna be back here. But or well, she can send them. She can. shoot. She can. She can send you gifts. It's true. I've never gotten a gift from Stephanie. I know you got Hark of vagrant, and I'm sure you've gotten gifts from her too. I haven't gotten so, one in a long time. I've never gotten any but that's for another day <laughs> wow, <so laughs> we'll, we'll at her when she comes back exactly yeah. exactly um and we have a kind of an exciting announcement not kind of, it is an exciting announcement um matt fraction is going to be joining us on uh in on march 13th you guys will hear that show yes. uh Yay. well so you, know, you, you heard that on that friday so I, I can't even work at that date right now the 15th. 15th march 15th you guys will hear that show with uh fantastic four ff writer matt fraction um Today on the show, uh we're going to be talking about spoilers and uh how we feel about them. We're not going to spoil anything. Uh mm-hmm. this is all brought on kind of by the hubbub around the Batman Incorporated number 8 spoilers that uh, if you have managed to avoid, don't worry, we are not going to spoil on the show. Uh we will talk about what happens in that book in depth uh next week. We'll do a spoiler section and talk about it there uh, but I think spoilers have been everybody's mind in the last couple of days and so we want to talk about you know their place and kind of how we feel about them do they matter do we care um, do they ruin books for us uh, what have you uh, and we're of course we're gonna do our books of the week but before we get to that uh, I want to first of all thank uh, all of our Longtime listeners and all of our new listeners, uh, we had the biggest week in the history of talking comics this past week. Nice. Uh, obviously helped by Mr. Scott Snyder uh, being on the show. Yeah. Uh, but we actually charted on iTunes and stuff. And so I just want to thank everybody who's been with us this whole time. And from when we were very, very small to now when we're kind of, you know, just a little bit. Bigger than really small. Um, <laughs> but it, it's been a, a great ride. And thank you, everybody, the new people who are coming in. I hope you guys stick around uh, and keep listening. Uh, a couple new stories that broke this week. First of all, DC uh, no longer going to be branding their April books with the WTF moniker. Yes, <laughs> power to the people. <laughs> yeah, apparently brought on by the horrible reception to to the uh, oh. the initiative. Now, honestly,
0: they... They put that out there with every intention of people knowing it would stand for Yeah. What the fuck. Yeah. Uh and after the initial outbreak of everyone kinda of bugging out about it, I just wonder what their marking department was like, like sitting there saying, Okay, what else can it stand for? Yeah. What the fifty two? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that Frack. worked out. We'll, well. we'll put
3: out a Battlestar Galactica book.
4: Yeah.
3: Hmm. <laughs> uh this is this is really good news. Hopefully, they learn a lesson and don't do something this inane again. I, I'm sure they will. Hopefully, somebody got wrapped on the knuckles. No one should lose their job, but no. someone should you know, go back a peg or two and yeah. start again.
2: I mean, it's funny because they're still going to have the gatefold covers, Fun. and they're still going to have these moments in them, <laughs> but they're not going to be branded with WTF anymore. Holy so, cow moment. Yeah. Steve, are you very upset? No more WTF, WTF month at DC? Uh, you know, man, <laughs> I was
1: getting them all. I was going to get them all, yeah. and I was going to try to piece them together mm-hmm. like some beautiful puzzle. <laughs> but, uh. Talk to this. You could change the
3: tide of that. Uh, we've got it turning in our way now.
1: I'll come up with something <laughs> okay. that I could stand for. I'll call them. All right. And then, you know, I can just let it go and I'll I'll save Christmas. All right.
2: DC, watch out. Email from Steve. It's you are the at you. toys. Huh? It's coming yeah. at you. Um, <laughs> a lot of other news at DC happening this week. Uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, I think last time Rob was on the show about John, Jeff Johns leaving Green Lantern for the, mm-hmm. uh, after nine years of writing it. And we speculated about uh, uh, people taking over. We speculated, would it be a huge name? Would it be a smaller name? Uh, for the main Green Lantern book, it is a little bit of a smaller name kind of a rising star in the comic industry, but not somebody everybody knows. Uh, Rob Venditti uh, is doing the writing. He is currently writing Exo Man of War over at Valiant and is writing Demon Knights uh, at Mm. DC. Uh, And uh, Billy Tan is taking over art duties uh, on Green Lantern. Uh, I'm not really very uh, familiar with Venditti's
0: work, uh, nor Billy Tan's. Are you reading Exo Man of War, Rob? Uh, I'm a little behind, mm -hmm. but... You know, first three issues, I, I believe I have read. Um, hey, everyone's got to start somewhere. And if, yeah. if you're put on the, this big a stage, mm-hmm. he obviously had a pitch that worked for them. Right, yeah, so.
2: absolutely. Um, I don't think any of, any of us are reading any of Rob Venditti's books. I mean, no. I read Demon nope. Knights, but back when Paul Cornell was writing it, not since he took over. And I don't really know Billy Tan's work uh, very well. What was he doing? I don't Anything? even know. I don't, I, I'll have to look him up hmm. uh, real quick. But I wanted to ask... Uh, You, Rob, specifically, um, what do you think of this announcement? What do you think of
0: him taking over the book instead of um, a bigger name? Uh, It's very interesting, uh, especially with such a big property Mm -hmm. and four books tied to it, another couple rumored books. Um, I don't know. It it was either going to go this way or huge names on every book, uh, Mm -hmm. which I really thought they were going to do
3: right as, as titles that hadn't gotten rebooted in essence that, that were sort of carried through you would have thought they'd have to go larger mm-hmm. but again must be a great pitch that's the only thing i can think of otherwise
2: yeah
3: you know where's the superstar What do you yeah. think
1: that it's going to be somebody that stays on the book for years to come or are they going to start kind of giving it to other people see like who can do what with wow. it?
2: yeah i mean i think it's going to end up it's done how he does Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah he's not safe, though. I don't think on that book. If that book is is getting, you know, no. blasted every every which way from Sunday. No, the baseball
3: analogy is you just brought some guy up from the minor leagues and put him in the middle of the Yankees batting order. Yeah. <laughs> he strikes out six or seven times in a row.
2: Goodbye. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, Billy Tan uh, did a bunch of work on on Kenny X Men kind of number four sixty nine through about four ninety four with some breaks in, in there. Uh, he did the X twenty three miniseries in two thousand and five, and other than that, he's kind of he did the Shadowland miniseries in uh, two thousand and ten. Uh, some work on New Avengers. He's kind of uh, Marvel Knights Spider Man. Like mm-hmm. he, he's kind of done a lot of fill in work uh, here and there. Uh, did some image work as well, but you know, just kind of a couple mm-hmm. issues here and there. So really, it's Uncanny X Men and, and and a few uh, miniseries that that he's done. Uh, so uh, we will see what happens with that. Uh, I, I think personally, some of the, the the other teams are a little bit more exciting. Specifically, uh, um, sorry, uh, Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns is being taken over by Joshua Hale Fialkov, who wrote I, Vampire and is doing the Alpha miniseries and uh, you know a bunch of other stuff. Uh, art on Green Lantern Corps by Bernard Chang and on Red Lantern Alessandro Viti. Uh, so, Steve. Falkov being on these books make you more excited to check him out?
1: Yeah, I like him.
2: Yeah. I do. Uh, I I like just about everything that I've read from him.
1: I mean, I it's funny. I was picking up every Green Lantern book for a couple of months, or about like three or four months uh, after catching up. And then I kind of dropped off because the, the whole Third Army thing was just a little bit too big for mm-hmm. my wallet at the right. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now that we're doing this whole final thing and all the books are tied in as parts... Mm -hmm. That if you want the whole story, you have to get them. Yeah. So they reel me back in for that. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I don't. I tend to when they move writers, I tend to give it an issue or two to Mm -hmm. see how people are reacting before I continue to jump on. Yeah. Because I mean, in all honesty, this is just part of my spending and my stuff. But like, it wouldn't hurt for me to cut a book or two, right? Yeah. (laughs) And if you know, but if I hear that they're doing great stuff with the universe and there's good stories and stuff like that, then I'll check it out. But, uh, how comes I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the main book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to check it out just because I want to see how each one is handled as it comes out of the gate. That's always an interesting, like at least a number one or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it's going to be. Yeah. So that I would do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, as far as going off from there, we'll just have to see if they're any good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm particularly excited about his take on Red Lanterns because I think that it's kind of a property that I think he can do something with since mm-hmm. I, you know, his work with I, Vampire and kind of, you know, semi-evil characters doing good things is something I think he's good at. Yeah. My, my main
1: issue with the Green Lantern, it's not really an issue, but I would like to see the books be different. Mm-hmm. It's I know that they're all part of the same universe, they're all part of the same story, but... For the sake of, like, art, for the sake of tone, mm-hmm. I wish, like, instead of just the Angry Book and, you know, the the Marine or, like, the, mm-hmm. I don't know, the Militant Book right. and, then, you know, the Space Book, I want them to feel, like, different parts of the same thing. Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I when I was, when you get all of them, I feel like I'm just buying a really long, like, like one book of one thing. Yeah, I kind of want them to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, do you think that helps or hurts? Like having four books all following the same kind of theme. So, do you think that draws in more readers? Say they read two books and say, "I like this. Mm-hmm. I want more of that story." So, I'm going to go ahead and pick up New Guardians and Red Lanterns. Yeah. Or do you, do you think that it's better for them to totally just go off on, on their own at this point?
2: I mean, I think I, I think that a lot of the reason why all these books kind of follow the same tone is because they're all under John's umbrella, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, and he owns he's owned that universe for nine years, and I think he probably has a lot of say over the direction and where it goes. I think these new creators are going to take it in a very different that place. Makes sense. So hopefully, it, it does equal that. And I do agree with you to a certain extent. Steve. yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a Red Lanterns book, it should. It should not just be the angry version of a Green Lantern book. It should have something different about it. Um, I just wish it was darker.
1: like it's supposed to be you right. know vengeance mm-hmm. and stuff. and I just it just feels like another green Lantern story with people that uh, that they're wearing red, yeah. And that's and they're they're pissed.
2: And they throw up red all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, is,
1: I
3: look at it this way: if all four of them are part of the same story, it's that much easier to ignore it too. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like this at all, so mm-hmm. I can cut these four completely out and not even worry about it. Exactly, yeah. but,
0: but that's what I was working towards. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, that that I just think totally it would be cool. Right.
1: They were more distinctive, and they brought like when they were together in books with one another, that they would bring those elements into that one book, and it would become you know, an amalgamation of both emotions or both like mm. visual cues yeah. that go with them. Like if the red lanterns were, I don't know, like that, like a glow about them and they were always burning or some shit like
2: mm-hmm. that. Wow. I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Um, talking out of my ass. <laughs> uh, new guardians is getting taken over by Justin Jordan, uh, with art by Brad Walker and Justin Jordan, obviously the strange town of Luther Strode, uh, shadow man over at Valiant and also, uh, just uh, his Deathstroke book and his Team Seven book are getting canceled, uh, so he's moving over to Green Lantern. Um, the Luther Strode stuff is great. I don't think the books getting canceled at his fault. No, it's not. No,
1: no, <laughs> those books are on the way to get canceled long before uh, he took Luther over. Luther Strode is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so um,
2: I mean, it's a different take for him because Kyle is the kind of the most happy-go-lucky of the of the Lantern. So and Justin Jordan to me doesn't doesn't I don't associate him with the happy go lucky writing in any kind of way. Mm. So we're going to I want to see I mean he's a young writer he hasn't done that much so you don't know how what his range is but Kyle is kind of is kind of my favorite lantern so it's interesting to see uh what it's gonna be goes in, the head heads off. <laughs> yeah. Rip- <laughs> uh is but anyone
3: going to do Hal?
2: Well, I mean, I think he's going to be in Green Lantern. I gotta I hope see so. what happens at the
3: end
0: of the story. I think yeah. he's going to be in Green Lantern. Okay. I mean,
2: because uh, I think because Simon Baz is moving over to he's going to be in JLA, and I think he's Jeff Johns' kind of baby. So I don't, I don't know if a bunch the uh, writers are particularly enthralled with writing Simon Baz okay. at all. Because
3: <clears throat> the last set weren't throw with Hal.
2: Well, I mean, it, I mean, for the last nine years, though, I mean, Jeff Johns loves Hal Jordan. Right. He's had a love affair with him for nine years. So. We'll have to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other news, too, is there's a new Green Lantern book, not a uh, Green Lantern universe book entering the fray, uh, Lara Fleas, uh, based on the uh, Orange Lantern of Avarice being written by Keith Giffen and uh, art by Scott Collins. Uh, they're doing backups in Threshold right now that, that are written by Keith Giffen about Lara Fleas. Uh He's most famous because he's the only Yellow Lantern because, you know, it's greed and all that stuff. So, Rob, what do you think about this? Is that how you pronounce it?
0: I don't know. Lariflees? Lariflees? Or is it Larfri Larfleas? Well, it's either L- or, uh, oh Larflees. Larflees. I guess these Larflees. I don't know. know. Larfleas.
2: Larflees. I think it's Larflees. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Azimendeus. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, what do you think about that Rob?
0: Uh I love it. you do? Really? Yeah, I why? love it. <laughs> I'm just interested why. No, uh he, there was a one shot that came out pre fifty uh, two with Larfrey. God, <laughs> <The>, this <laughs> is how it's yeah, going to happen now the with the orange, Palopony, orange guy. Of yeah. um, and I think it's it's going to be the humorous book, uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's what DC needs. They need some some laughs. Yeah, and uh, someone running around trying to steal everything wanted it for themselves, it, it could lead to lots of wacky adventures. Yeah. Hey, Giffen.
3: Well, maybe he'll throw Ambush Bug into it while he's at it.
2: Yeah, it will be weird for uh, if yeah, nothing well, else. Keith Kiffin, yeah, Keith <laughs> Giffen, yeah, absolutely. Well, Ambush Bug is apparently a reporter, if you believe that that 52, <laughs> uh-huh. that Channel 52 thing in the back of uh, all of the DC books right now. He's, he's like the, on, the on-site I, reporter. I have not read that. It's not good. I read one no. of them. They're really, really bad.
1: Oh, there's more than one?
2: They're in the back of every they're book. Different. Each, they're different. They're different? Yeah, one. they're new different. every week, right? Yeah, so so new every week. Every week there's them. a different one. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. And it's, none of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Ambush Bug. No.
0: <laughs> That'll last for quite a while.
2: Yeah. Uh, so those are the new Greenlander teams. Um, we also got an introduction of a... Uh, we got a lot of cancellations over the last couple weeks, so we knew there were new books going to be entered. Lara Fleas is one of those books. Another that I got announced is Superman, Batman, uh written by Greg Pak with art by Jai Lee. Is that how you say it? J Lee, Jy Lee J. I Lee. said
3: J Lee Jean. Uh. J-A-E. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh which covers the first interactions between Superman and Batman in the new fifty-two. So I guess in the uh five years ago Superman wearing uh jeans era of uh of the new fifty two. Uh Bob, are you a fan of Greg Pak and are you excited about this I
3: book? I loved Greg Pak early on with Hulk. Mm-hmm. I'd seen a, a panel at Icon that he and Peter David were doing. He said, this is the kid that's taking over so on and so forth. Got me to read it and I went for a good three, four years with him. It got a little much for me eventually. Way too much fighting in the eight-year-old kid. And then all of a sudden it was, in Hercu- it was Hercules in the book. And mm-hmm. where was the Hulk? And I, I checked out eventually. He's really good with characters that you get a lot of depth, a lot of sidebar things going on. He may be able to illuminate something in Superman we haven't seen in that Gene t-shirt era. Right. Um, do we need another Bat book? Probably not. But I think it makes 13 of them. <coughs> hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, Greg Pak makes me laugh a lot. Uh, I've liked his books, uh, Extreme X Men. I know a lot of people talk crap about that, but <laughs> it's a funny alternate universe kind of book. Um, all the Hulk stuff, the Incredible Hercules, uh, the Chaos War stuff—it's good. So I could definitely see him bringing out the humor of of those two characters, even though you know you don't see them as kind of funny guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it works when he does it. Um, so it'll be quite interesting, mm-hmm. and Jai his art is beautiful.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Steve. What do you think about a Superman Batman book?
1: Hooray! <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm uh, I'm excited for it. I like the uh, what did I read by him? Uh, Doctor Strange season one was that? Oh yeah, pack? that was mm-hmm. great oh. package. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really dug that. So I think unless I'm unaware of something that I've read that's his, mm-hmm. uh, but I did like that very much, and uh, I'll always take another bat book and at least check it out. And uh, I, like what Rob said, it could end up being really funny, mm-hmm. and I think that they need that right now, even if it's not like outright hilarious. That's just kind of fun and maybe a little bit lighter mm-hmm. than others. Then uh, I think that would be nice.
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty exciting. Um, you know. It's finally a book that they're introducing that I feel probably won't get canceled in six issues. Yeah, there you go. So there's that, and they kind of you know when they they did a, I think they did like a on, one of their online question and answers things, uh, and they said it's the it's going to be the the year of the the summer of Superman uh, and Sandman. That's what they said. You know, they, the second half of the year is the Superman Sandman. So we've got this, we've got Man of Steel, we've got uh, the Adventure of Superman, the digital edition. So. Uh, it seems like they're they've heard the complaints about Superman, and while they don't seem to be changing around the teams as of yet on the mainline books, uh, they do seem to be taking steps to correct what has been a big complaint in the in the New Fifty Two.
3: Now they're going to have to sh- pigeonhole the Superman Batman into the New Fifty Two continuity. Oh, it is have New Fifty Two continuity. They, they, yeah, okay, right. So have they met the the first? Won't well, we you first see, see the them?
2: For, you see the first time they meet which is Justice League 1 it's the end of Justice League 1 uh but I think it's their interactions in between when the the uh the dark side story uh ends in Justice League whatever it was and they skip ahead to you know 5 years later oh. in Justice League to current DC continuity so I'm sure it'll be the fill in time in there and there are references in Justice League and stuff to Superman and Batman having a more Close knit relationship than everyone else on the team. Okay, there's an issue of uh, justly where Superman helps him infiltrate Arkham Asylum, and he you know they, they have they have like a connection that you don't see uh, it, have them form. So okay. I feel like that's what this is going to explore in, in a lot of ways. And they can always, if they decide to skip it forward, they can always skip it forward once they're done with that first yeah. story and put it because Superman Batman can have their adventures as they've always had in comic books. So, and we still get. They're the world's finest. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the sorry. last
0: Superman Batman book was awesome. I liked it a lot. I mean, that's what the public enemies animated movie. The yeah, Superman, that's mm-hmm. what that came from. Mm-hmm. So,
2: that was based on a Jeff Loeb yep. story. Very cool. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's it. Anybody else have any news they want to talk about? Or I, I'm
3: not going
1: to talk about it.
3: <laughs> oh. Um, we should, but just to send our best wishes out to Roman Durge. Am I pronouncing his name yes. correctly? Yeah. He's the creator of Lenore, mm-hmm. yes. one of Steve's favorite books, mm-hmm. yes. and was badly hurt in a hit-and-run out in Los Angeles the other day. Apparently, somebody mm-hmm. in an SUV cracked him, sent him sailing in, into the curb, mm-hmm. hit some other woman. They have found what sort of – it was a, some sort of Mercedes SUV. Oh, Yeah, did they so catch they, the guy? I don't think they've caught the guy, but they know what car, and so now you know, oh. the security cameras will find this joker. Yeah, oh I mean, if something like that something. happens, that
0: happened on the strip, or did you uh, say I where? Don't it? have,
3: it must be downtown LA.
0: Oh, downtown LA. I thought you said Vegas. Okay.
3: No, they just shoot people
0: in Vegas. Yeah, well, that, that's the two stories I had mixed up, I guess.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, all but, our best. Yes. So, Roman yes, Durge, hope absolutely. he gets well yep. soon. Uh,
3: Feel so, better. And Rob and I are excited about Marvel maybe bringing back What If? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right.
0: Kind
2: of brought that up today. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, what is Marvel What If? Uh, you, I'll do. Okay, yeah, it, it was
3: – DC for years and years in, in the 60s did what they called imaginary stories. So Superman marrying Lois or whatever they could come up with, Superman and Batman having kids and so on. Marvel decided to do What If? And the Watcher hosted. One event would change – And then they tell a story from there on. You know, what if the Fantastic Four gained different powers? What if Spider-Man joined? What if Captain America fought after World War II or the invaders existed before, which actually became part of real continuity eventually? Always fun. They had really good creators all all through the years. And they're apparently bringing it back. Third time?
0: Would this be volume three? Three or four, however you want to count it, because for the past... Four years they've kind of done like a five issue chunk each year, so this it's been at least three years now since the last batch yeah. of five came out.
3: That's perfect, it, it allows you to tell whatever crazy story you come up with mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about it. You play it through to its uh uh logical conclusion. That was it 605.1 FF, the sort of Nazi yeah. issue, yeah. That would have been a what if mm-hmm. in the old days.
1: Is it um, is it like a one and done each issue or one and done, yep. Really? Each yeah.
0: issue is like, what if, blank. That's and awesome. And then it finishes up in that yeah. issue.
1: I am excited for yeah.
0: that. Yeah, Sometimes it's
4: really cool. very
3: sad, very uplifting, very odd, very strange.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, what if Uncle Ben had lived, or...
1: It
2: sounds like my kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool.
0: All right, so that's it uh, for news for this
2: week. Uh, let's move on to our Books of the Week. Mm. Steve, what yeah. do you
1: got for us? let's see i got a mighty pile going on <laughs> um i'm not gonna talk about it too much until the second issue comes out but i got to read uh fairy quest outlaws mm-hmm. from boom studios absolutely wonderful uh and gorgeous so uh with art by uh, humberto ramos yes <laughs> all right uh it's fantastic pick it up what else do i got here what'd you take from me you stole something. Saga. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That uh, woman was amazing. But my book of the week, I'm just going to skip to it. I'm uh, not feeling that well, people. So bear with me. Uh, BPRD 1948 uh, just finished up with... Uh, it's a five-issue run. This was my first uh, ever exposure to BPRD or the Hellboy universe. And I absolutely just... I had so much fun uh, fun with this. I sat down and read it in one big chunk, and it's really cool. It's, you know, Hellboy Universe. Uh, they're on a military base, and there's this humongous, almost like Cthulhu, spiky-toothed stingray bat motherfucker wow. <laughs> flying in the air, <laughs> snatching up soldiers and, and doing all kinds of stuff, and they bring uh, Professor Broom, a younger Professor Broom, uh, onto the site, he meets a girl. They fall in like. I'm not going to say love. But um, it's really cool. I like the the like, horror aspects of it, the scientific nature of it. The writing is really, really good. The character interactions are great. They feel natural. Um, nobody, like, nobody felt forced on me for the sake of telling a really quick story within five issues. All fleshed out. And uh, as a result... When I went to Rob's house, I got a couple more uh, BPRDs and Hellboy runs, like little quick two issue, three issue things and a trade and whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was good enough to prompt me to go and check out some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've never bothered to check out the series, it's from Dark Horse, uh, written by Mike Mignola. Uh, I think John Arcudi helped him with the art on this and uh, it's fun. I mean, if you like like Lovecraftian horror, like Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and really, really solid art, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. What, what is BPRD? I was just going to um, ask that. The Bureau of Paranormal Research. Oh, what was the D stand for? Department or something? <laughs> it's. The, <clears throat> have you seen the
0: Hellboy movies? Yeah, I should yeah. Know this. Who he works for? Okay. Defense. Oh. Paranormal oh. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: I did it. So when they like. Like people are listening. Maybe haven't read any Hellboy, but they've seen the movies. It's what he works for when he gets called in in the beginning of that movie, and they when he yeah. first finds mm-hmm. Hellboy. Okay, yeah.
1: This is the this is the early days. This is when Hellboy was a child. Okay, like cool. you something. Okay, I'm not gonna spoil it because we're gonna be talking about that later. Yeah, but um, something very very significant in the Hellboy ethos mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. happens at the end of this particular okay. run. Uh, something happens for the first time, and it's it's very significant, and it it kind of has a, a punch to the gut, uh, mm-hmm. the, the final pages. Like, it was all fun and monsters, and then there's this thing that happens towards the end of the book that kind of really sets off character traits of how he becomes later. So it's interesting, and there are other ones, too. There's, like, 1946... I just picked up forty-seven. Mm-hmm. So apparently, they do one of these every once in a while, and it's all just stories from the early days, and it's it's really neat. Very cool. It's really yeah. It's, it's awesome. You no, know, nice mm. and short, and uh, I dug it a lot. Awesome. awesome. Can we just jump
3: right in? I haven't. I used to read Hellboy all the time. I haven't, uh-huh. In many many years, can you just pick up nineteen forty-eight, or do we need? 47? Yeah. No. Like I said, I mean,
1: I've seen the movies and. Um, I was um, writing an article on on the movie, and I was researching it, and it just really got me wondering, like, what the hell is the Hellboy series? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've never, like I said, I've never read a page. Okay. I just I know that I've always loved um, Mike Manola's art, and the colors mm-hmm. used in the books are just spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this doesn't have that signature look to it. But it still feels like it's a part of like almost like it predates it before it got all like, you know, monstery and gothy and cool. This is more like Lovecraft type mm-hmm. monsters, you know, Cthulhu squid like mm-hmm. things and and um, transformed uh, humans and animals and shit.
2: Wow. Very cool. Sounds very, very cool. Uh, Bob, what about you? OK, uh,
1: it's
3: a little bit of a pile. I'll try to do this okay. quickly. Uh, Captain America number four. Uh, I love their showing Steve Rogers as a, as a little boy. There's a great desperate moment with his mom sick where he does something you don't expect and then something he does to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Dimension Z is, is crap.
2: So you you just don't, you don't like the setting? No. It uh, the
3: exploration of Steve's past, wonderful. Okay. Uh, the whole science fiction aspect, shorn completely of a supporting cast except one little kid and a bunch of weird mutants that you don't know who's really who and don't really mm-hmm. care. Uh, the art is not the kill point at this point where I thought it would be. I'm really not liking half of this story. Interesting.
2: This is very interesting to hear. Um, I, I wonder if as they get farther away from Brewbaker's run, if he'll kind of shift it back towards more traditional Cap stuff because I think he really wanted to get a far, as far away as possible as the mm-hmm. baker stuff because he didn't want to live in that that shadow. But it, it's interesting to hear that you don't like the days the, the Dimension Z stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I know you're not caught up with it, but what have you been thinking about the, the kind of alternate dimension
0: uh, stuff? I like stories like that. Mm-hmm. I like the different kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, now's the time for them to do it in between the movies because as it with any book, as it gets closer to the movie, um, the storylines always wind up kind of matching what, what's going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, inevitably, like Red Skull would show up mm-hmm. and the first movie came out, and sure enough. Right. So, uh, so I mean, bravo to Remender for, for going out there and, and coming up with something like mm-hmm. this because, you know, I don't like plain old boring all the time. You know, I, I want to mix. Oh, that's good, except, you know, he's... No, I, he, I know. He, When
3: he put him out here, and it was in the first issue, he wrote a little editorial about how much he loved uh, the mid-70s Captain America when mm-hmm. Kirby came back, which among older Cap fans, we all love Jack Kirby, and all basically, I would tell you, 90% of us hated mm-hmm. when he came back.
2: Right. Which is interesting, because probably remember, is probably a kid, when that stuff comes out. So it's yeah. probably like the way he defined Captain America in his head. Right. In you the, know?
3: the era before that was filled with wonderful political intrigue mm-hmm. and big stories about things Captain America should be standing up for.
4: Right.
2: Half of this story is like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, he gets the character. It's just not just. just It's just not the other half of the story. The kind of action part of the story, the, the plot part of the story is just not... Where you want it to be? No, gotcha. So okay,
3: we'll I'm, I'll let the story finish this stuff out right. because, as you say, and as Rob says, once you get nearer to where this movie is, once you get nearer to mm-hmm. the real world, something mm-hmm. else may happen that may. Right, he's a good writer. Yeah, he's just a very good writer. He's a very I don't good care writer. For, yeah, so. exactly. Uh, speaking of good writers, X Factor Two Fifty Two is just chugging along nicely mm-hmm. with Hell on Earth. It's the double L Hell, not
1: the <laughs> heinous hell, one L Hell. I'm liking that a lot. Um, oh, good. I started reading it uh, this arc. and even though I didn't know who anybody was, I really, really, really am enjoying the book. Uh, very engaging, very quick, mm-hmm. and uh, huge, huge cast, a lot of people to get used to. but um I love i I like the the premise of it. I like how many uh, villains there are, how much like double crossings going on. It's really oh, yeah. cool.
3: Oh no, just cuz they're all lords of various hells in the Marvel universe doesn't mean they like each other or anything right. else. They're scheming yeah. like mad to yeah. get ahead cuz they have to, you know, to kill these 7 billion souls Yeah on Earth who they also discover actually has the power to hurt them.
2: Right. You know what it reminds me of Steve is in Journey into Mystery when the Nightmare King was trying to take over all of like the Fear Lords or yep. whatever. That's what it reminds me of that same sort of like bickering. Yeah. Like high like high flutin', you know, uh, like godlike creatures. Uh, it's really, really cool. You're right. Uh, no, fun I didn't stuff. Think of that. Yeah, a lot of personality. There's ah, a tremendous mm, amount of personality. Personality galore. And, yeah. uh, Captain
3: Marvel number ten. Really quickly, uh, underneath a really wistful looking cover by Joe Quinones, who I'd love to see do a whole issue one of these days. Uh, but Felipe Andrade is really interesting. Like Sienkiewicz, fashion art, sort of some of the I, Emma Rio love, stuff. I know
1: somebody I actually on Twitter had. Uh, had asked me what I thought of the art and I and I told him I said, I I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Um I don't mind. I mean, Dexter Soy for a starter was really impressive and really mm-hmm. kinda like, you know, like blew this book out, mm-hmm. out of the gate. I just sent it moving. But I like when they move things around. I, I most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to Bob about it. The art kind of reminds me of uh, Aeon Flux or mm-hmm. something that you would yeah. see on liquid television. Mm-hmm. So, and you no, know, like a very anime aspect to it a little bit. And um, I I really dig it. And the issue was very good. Right. You, you Carol's dealing with her health issue. And look, as, as she was
3: pointed out early on in this, you know, it's about flight and that's her escape. And she's not able to do that. Mm-hmm. So she's looking for something big to take it out on. and A subway train gets eaten. <laughs> uh, and she struggles with that. Uh, and then we see Deathbird from way back, and I actually wrote this down. It's Ms. Marvel number nine. Whoa. So, so Kelly Sue is, as usual, going deep into the archives and pulling this out of uh, definitely out of left field. And Deathbird still is holding a grudge from forty years ago, which is kind of neat. So, Captain Marvel ten. I was saying to the guys here, there's a page here I have to cut out, but I'm now not going <laughs> to mar a book. I'm going to go to the printer and see if they'll break copyright law for uh, <laughs> uh, an afternoon. Uh, but the actual book of the week, it's Avengers 6. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Jonathan Hickman is pulling stuff from everywhere here. Um, we get to see more of the new Captain Universe, who's Tamara DeVoe? 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 Oh, DeVoe. DeVoe. Devo. But has an O in it.
1: <laughs> We're going to go DeVoe. We'll
3: go DeVoe. We'll go DeVoe in this. Uh, you find
0: out she really does like pie. Mm. <laughs> I love pie. Yeah. <laughs> we had a whole pie conversation following reading that issue. Uh,
3: Because it was so random back uh, last issue. Uh, We hear some of her origin, (laughs) perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a daughter that we don't know what became of her. I have the funny feeling that maybe she'll be a moon dragon or something. We could do some Thanosy things that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And our Adam from back in issue three has some things going on. (laughs) We're trying to figure out who he is and he, when she, uh, our new Captain Universe knows his name. Tony's computer doesn't. She can speak his language mm-hmm. and knows what his name is. And he's Nightmask from back in the new universe. And it's the White Event.
1: Mm-hmm. You actually have the comic. Of course Holy I have crap. the comic
3: right here with me.
1: Oh, my God. You
3: know, uh, what year was that? Eighty-six. Okay. Uh, To give everyone the brief uh, new universe history lesson, in 1986, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief of Marvel, uh, rumor had it that the Kirby lawyers were going to sue them over the copyrights for everything. So at Marvel's 25th anniversary, before the copyrights all came up again, they were going to create a little pocket universe for themselves just in case they lost everything. And the marketing campaign was a credible universe, the universe outside your window, and all these new characters with one fantastic element. And it's uh, Nightmask and Starbrand, DP7, Merc, Cyforce, uh, Justice, uh, Kickers, Kickers Inc., and
0: Spitfire.
3: (laughs) I was waiting for that one. (laughs) And basically, they were hoping for great creators, and Marvel was going broke at the time, so they got nothing. The books were generally terrible. Shooter fought with Marvel. He left. They decided, well, they got to finish up this story. So they got John Byrne to do Starbrand and finish it off. And he had been fighting with Shooter over X Men for years. The Starbrand character, he gets the, it's sort of like Green Lantern, he gets this tattoo on his hand that gives him unlimited power. And the white event is what creates all these superhumans on Earth, which we're now seeing in Avengers. The end of this issue. The white event is coming. Huh. Uh, Starbrand was Jim Shooter. He was, made to look, he was drawn to look like him. He's a tall, skinny guy from Pittsburgh. John Byrne decided, okay, I'm going to have some fun. He has Kenneth Connell, the star brand, decide to rid himself of the power. He puts it into a barbell. <laughs> and it, what happens instead is a gigantic nuclear explosion that blows Pittsburgh to pieces. It is now the pit. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you have that too.
3: I have the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! He blows Pittsburgh into a giant crater filled with mutants and everything else while Shooter was off doing value.
1: How do you how do you line all of this up in your head? Uh, Seriously, I'm insane. I've been hanging out with you. I've been hanging out with you for years now, and I'm like, you'd think I'd be used to it. I'm never used to it. There's uh, a lot in there. So, so anyway,
3: as, as Rob was saying, these books are all in the quarter bins in his store. They're probably all over the place. Mm-hmm. Pick up a couple of these because Mr. Hickman is going to layer this into these books for the next three years, and it would be helpful for folks to have a little bit of uh, backstory. They're in trades, 15, 20 bucks. Buy a couple of quarter books and have some fun. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Not knowing any of that stuff, uh, I really enjoyed the issue. I'll say first, uh, I think that uh, Adam... Andy Kubert Adam Kubert? Adam Kubert. Adam Kubert. Uh, I didn't like his art. I think it was issue four when he took over for Pena. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I think because I don't think the art book of that was particularly good, I think now it's great. I think he's hit his stride. Yeah. I don't know what was wrong with that first issue. Maybe he had to rush it, but this issue I thought looked fantastic.
0: The, just... Goodness, what is going on? Uh, but just Spider-Man, how Spider-Man looked, was yeah. oh, that's Absolutely amazing. amazing. And I the way Hickman stuff. wrote him, too. That yeah. was one of the things
2: the thing I was gonna bring up. I, I loved we we're finally seeing him interact with other people, and I, I love his interaction uh with what, Cannonball? And Sunspot. And, and Sunspot. Sunspot. Yeah. Uh I loved that interaction. I loved his interaction with Tony. Yeah. These and, children, I, these brats. Yeah. I, I hate that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you know. It was great. It was that it was levity in there, and it allowed you know, unlike what it usually is, where kind of Peter and Spider Man is kind of like the like the ah shucks, I don't know what I'm doing here, kid. You get the reverse, but you still get that Spider Man humor, even though Spider Man's not the one delivering. Mm-hmm. You know that that humor, but I thought that that stuff was great, and I thought the 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 kind of interrogation, for lack of a better word uh with Captain uh Universe was really really affecting and I love the way he broke down what her origin was or what happened to her when she was a human being and the way she remembered it and the different steps they took and I, I love that stuff. and then in, you know when she goes back into kind of Captain Universe mode it's very much like uh uh, Watchmen in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. kind of the way Dr. Manhattan talks sometimes about time and space and the way things are floating and it was a really great way to talk about one character for an issue I think it's the best of these three kind of character focused issues oh, that absolutely. he's done but yeah I thought, it was, I thought it was great
0: and that was some of the best Shang-Chi writing that, <laughs> that I've seen God yes. knows how long like the perfect use of the character
2: it was pretty awesome, yeah. Steve. Did you like it? Of course I liked it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, what did you think of the art cuz I know you were upset that Ophelia wasn't doing the art?
1: I get used to things pretty quick. <laughs> um, no. Avengers is at the top of my reading list every time it comes out just like FF and Fantastic Four and Saga. Like there are just, you know, there are a lot of books, but there are about maybe 10 books that I put at the at the top. Mm-hmm. Or I just, you know, I pepper them throughout my my uh reading for the week. But Avengers has just been killing it for me. Cause one of the the, the whole theme of it and the first thing they said was we have to go bigger. Mm. And that's exactly what Hickman has done with this, that I just I love knowing that if somebody that's into is getting into the universe outside of the comics, that they come over to the comics That this is what they're going to be given if they walk into a shop and they're like, oh, what's, you know, what's the latest Avengers book? I mean, you might want to ask them what they're in the mood for, but, (laughs) you know, oh, well, give me the main, what's the main one? Mm -hmm. And you hand them a book with these gigantic themes in them. And now that we've had several issues and the things that were questionable are starting to come together. And that's just if you have patience, it's the way he writes, it's what he does. um, It's just such a huge payoff. Like, I can't wait to see how long this goes or how long he's going to be on this just because it's going to be ridiculously cool to read when it's all <laughs> yeah. like said and done. It's already this good. When it's all said and done, it's going to be a fucking masterpiece.
3: Now, last week I reread, just because there was a chance of something, which may still happen yet, I reread the whole FF run over the course of a day or so. And the... the, yeah. the and the future foundation and to read the last panels and the first panels having been the same 30 issues later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is just just so incredible to see that okay i I had this thought you know the the writer saying to himself i'm gonna pay it off this way Mm -hmm. and here it is and here are the linkages all through here here's a panel that you you don't care until Mm -hmm. wait a minute you have to read them in
0: that lump that was the shed right yeah okay Mm-hmm.
3: And it's just, I think it's going to happen here. We are going to five years and now flashback. You Remember that panel where she <laughs> was eating pie or we, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I see, saw them on the farm talking to each other in the last issue.
1: I can't even imagine like several years of this, let alone <laughs> like the next couple of months like that. There's going to be, it's going to be going on for that long.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cause that's true. I'm excited that it is going to be like yeah, dude. something that you're experiencing like a long-term arc
1: I mean, I I fully admit I'm a you know Hickman fanboy at this point, but mm-hmm. for him to be on the you know the biggest book and to so just to have him do what he's already done with it in six issues, to think that this is going to go on for an indeterminate amount of time, like hell yeah yeah. So that's that's just my thoughts.
2: <laughs> and one of the cool things too is that even though they're not directly linking with each other in a lot of ways, you there are things you read in Avengers. But because you're reading New Avengers, you have kind of like an insight about, yeah, you know, there are things about these events that are coming and there are things that get said and you can kind of, you pick up on on hints and details that you might not, if you're not reading New Avengers Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. So yeah, it's it's great. Um, Rob, what do
0: you got for us? Book of the week. Uh, Uh, Again, this was just such a heavy week with good books. Um, Steve talked about some that I would have picked, and Bob, definitely, and I know you will, Bobby. Mm. But ultimately, um, one of the two books that left me with with such emotion, uh, but the latest issue, issue 10 of Saga, the Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples uh, image book. So good. Um, amazing, absolutely amazing. F- first off, uh, what's her name? Isabel, is that the the babysitter. The babysitter? Yeah. She's got to be one of the <laughs> best new characters. Just the way she talks and I I want her in this book all the time. Uh she's absolutely hilarious. And just the way that Alana interacts with Marco's dad and just such a he just has such a, a love for her even after just meeting her because of Hazel and just him imparting his knowledge on to, onto her and I, I love the feeling that it gives me mm. uh and no spoiling with the end but yeah it it just gives you that feeling of oh crap mm. um and just leaves you with a with a, a deep feeling in your stomach that yeah I was upset. Yeah. Oh, see, the I've only upset. read the first trade. Now,
3: I have to deal with upsetting stuff now when yeah. we
0: get to the second uh-huh. one. And then just the narrat- uh, narrative leading up to that. Yeah. Just such a, a great little Well, That's my, that's my favorite.
1: Hazel. I mean, I love everything about the book, but that's particularly my favorite thing about it was when we first, like, even from the first issue, like, at the end, when you realize that where it's all coming from, that Hazel's the uh, one that, that's narrating the mm-hmm. story. Um, it just adds such a interesting element to, to everything going on. And it's such a, like a unique perspective to tell the story from.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And I just, it's beautiful. The one thing that I really hope that comes from this is the book that kind of gets Marco and Alana together, uh, There's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet-ish kind of novel Mm. that that he's reading, and and they have their little book club. But I I have a feeling that someone out there in the community uh, is actually writing this (laughs) novel, Mm -hmm. and one day it'll come out. uh, Maybe Mr. Vaughn should do it. Someone, yeah. That would be just such a cool little side note to to this whole thing. (laughs) So, yeah. Saga... I'm, I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times, but if you're not reading this book, uh, it's it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. Especially right now. I think there's a, a sale on, um, on Amazon. Amazon. No, on oh. Amazon. I think it was, for the first trade, $5.55. Wow. What? <laughs> wow. It's definitely
2: mm-hmm. worth it. The second trade's got to be coming out pretty soon, right? Yeah,
0: I would imagine I so. I mean, is
2: this the end of the second arc? No,
0: mm, I think, no, the first I one think was there's six. probably going to be one more oh, issue. The first one was six? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so if anything, a maybe so. yeah, yeah, maybe we, month and a half or so. Yeah, exactly. you'll get a,
2: you'll get a, the second trade. Hmm. Um, all right, cool. So uh, finish up with me quick, really quick. The the Justice League side of the DC universe. Obviously, we had the end of Throne of Atlantis. Uh, really, really good payoff, I, I think, to what they were setting up. Uh, great Aquaman story, and, uh, that great Aquaman story, I think, elevates Justice League uh, to a height it hasn't been at uh, yet, and Not that you need to have read Justice League 17 to read Justice League of America number one, because you absolutely don't. Uh, You do get a little bit more out of Justice League of America if you have been reading Justice League. There are little hooks, especially the end of Justice League 17, that lead directly into what's happening in JLA. Uh, a, A little exploration of... you know, In JLA, the whole premise of it is that the government wants to set up a second team of superheroes because they are worried... That they don't know how to control what's happening. They have they have no say over what happens with the Justice League. These are the most powerful creatures in the world, and they—if something goes wrong with them—what are they going to do? You know that itself is not a necessarily uh, new premise. I mean, we've seen premises like that in not just comic books, but in many different media mm-hmm. and formats. Uh, but what I think Johns does so well is he picks a cast of people who a you wouldn't expect, and b have mostly been underserviced. In the new 52 so far, so you know, you have Catwoman and you have Hawkman, and I mean, Green Arrow has Jeff Lemire now, but up until, up until this point, Green Arrow was one of those characters that was under service. Martian Manhunter, uh, and you also get some new characters you now. You get, uh, you know, Vibe is coming in, and uh, for the first time, you I mean, Katana has been in uh, Birds of Prey, but I don't think that she's a character that anyone particularly was like, oh, you know, they're under surfacing yeah. her in Birds of Prey. Um, and also Stargirl for the first time in the New Fifty Two here, so it's a lot of characters. Uh, I think that the ones that come off best are Hawkman, uh, Martian Manhunter. I think that they come. Hawkman. It, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. about at your house when I was helping you sort books, but mm-hmm. introduces this uh, an interesting quandary about Hawkman, which is what who is he like? What is he? Is he is he just this insane guy who? thinks he's from another planet or is he actually this cop like from another planet hunting down people because in the scene in this book they don't really give you a clear answer about you know this guy that he is hunting down never never says oh you got me you know whatever he denies it to the end that he's this alien you know fugitive or what have you and Martian Manhunter without really doing anything gives you a big sense of his power level being very very high with just how scared Steve Trevor is uh, you know absolutely
0: he was
2: scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if something yeah,
0: yeah. like that happened, I'd be pooping my pants. Yeah. But he says nice things. He but does <laughs> in a very scary way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, also Rob, last time we were here, you mentioned the connected universe of DC, kind of not being there. Did you think this book kind of made steps to making it a little more connected?
0: Yeah, definitely. With with this and the last issue of uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. uh, I like how it feels. I like. You know, reading one thing in one place and then in another issue, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened mm-hmm. here. Uh, bringing in more of the universe uh, and it just feeling more fluid.
2: Yeah. I mean, particularly there's this moment where they mention that they, they show the picture of Superman and one Woman kissing. And he says that Booster Gold uploaded it to the, the JLI servers and then disappeared, which is something, you know, that happened months ago that no one probably even noticed happened. And now they're bringing it up, so obviously they're trying to make this feel more of a larger situation. Uh, the only thing I will say is I don't dislike the art in the book, but it is a little bit muscly for my taste. It's a, like <laughs> Steve Trevor's arms are tremendously huge. Like, and not just his biceps; his forearms are you know like you the size pop, of my leg. Got Popeye arms. Yeah, exactly. His Popeye <laughs> arms. That is a little bit. Um, not my taste uh, so, duh, 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 uh, I think there are moments Where it looks really good And I think his action Storytelling Is, is very very good uh, Bob you read a little Right before we started What was your take I on
3: disliked it? a lot of the art okay. Frankly
2: the, the, the Hawkman
3: stuff The sort of posed things mm-hmm. Martian man standing there Fine the, the Catwoman one Was a bit As you described it Cleavagey Yeah <laughs> Kind of um, There's a couple of hideous Wonder Woman shots One of basically, we see her moving forward in a shot where you see basically looking down into her chest (laughs) for no other reason than that. The kiss, she is posed in that Catwoman cover pose. She's got a spine, obviously he doesn't have a spine (laughs) in that shot. And it's just sort of, why are we going there when so much of the book does look good? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to go there? I mean, directive or is it as an artist I can sell this I also Afterwards, know, as a as a as a page for big money.
2: It seems like it's almost like a reprint of the Jim Lee
0: of the actual shot. of the actual shot in mm-hmm. the Jim
2: Lee book. So I don't even know. I don't even think that's David Finch's art. I think that's just um, like a repurpose oh. of the Jim Lee uh, yeah. a shot. But they've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> uh, um, what do you think of the the story though?
3: I look. I love the idea that we're bringing characters together because yeah. it, it, the universe has seemed so separate. There are four mm-hmm. families of books or whatever, and they never seem to cross. Even mm-hmm. when they were in Justice League together, it doesn't get referenced in their individual titles. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's finally time, a, yeah. a year and a half in, mm-hmm. and we'll see where this all moves forward. Uh, will they back away from it at some point, come back around,
0: Well, move yeah. forward? And just like Bobby was saying, Uh, at least four of the characters have, like in the two or three pages devoted to them, just had a hook that that got me. Yeah. It's like, why is Stargirl the -hmm. the way she is? Why is she an insomniac? Is that what it was? I think it was, yeah, yeah. uh, Then what does Catwoman really want? Mm -hmm. Or uh, like you said, with Hawkman, why is he just crazy? Yeah. (laughs) So just... Oh, and Katana too. Her whole little backstory, yeah. finding finding her husband's killers. I guess that was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just a lot to work off of. Yeah. And, and what will
3: Amanda Waller really want?
0: Yeah,
2: I'm sure mm-hmm. she has an agenda. I'm sure she does. She's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. She's just putting teams together. She really? until <laughs> until it sticks, she's gonna keep putting <laughs> teams together. Uh, I I did I did really think though I mentioned Catwoman yet. You said Catwoman like cleavage. I will say though, I think the way she's written. She she has a lot of wit and, and she's yes. fierce in the book and I, I think that to me like if she's gonna look really really sexy I can I can handle that as long as there is the personality behind it to back it up and in the, the little time we get with her I feel like it's there. Nice uh, the part. book also starts setting up hmm. uh, a league of supervillains as well and that, and also <laughs> Justice League as well yeah. it starts so I'm interested to see how that works. I think it's obviously leading into Trinity War and what's ever gonna happen with that because now we have the three teams kind of starting to put together and Justice League 17 just real quick it really changes the game for Aquaman big time uh and I'm really excited to see what comes in, in his future because it, it's it's status quo changing for the character where he's going to be where he's going to be most of the time is gonna be very different so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that uh another number one uh Nova number one uh Marvel is you know kind of doing it again with introducing a very different styled book you know this is you know kind of kid superhero. Uh, it's light and fun, but it also has uh, emotional hooks. There's a spec the one page especially that is very touching uh, when you when you realize that uh, it's how you kind of see your parents in a way. And this he's a little bit older, so he has a very bad view of his father, but his younger sibling has a very idealistic view of uh, their father. And they share this moment together that is really, really sweet. I don't think it's a home run for me personally, but I love what it's setting up. So I want to see what's coming next. I know that you loved it, right Rob?
0: I did. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? No, uh, great new character. Um, kind of the angsty high school drama. Mm Um, just this, like you were saying, the stuff with his dad is very touching. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that that have had parent issues and stuff like that so so something like this just just touches um, I have a feeling that this is gonna be one of those books that down the line people are gonna jump on in the mm-hmm. a little late and and it's gonna be hard to find so if Harry yeah, week, yeah. It, honestly if you're interested in it then then pick it up going in this week because mm-hmm. uh all of this cosmic stuff is gonna have to do with the bigger picture in in the next couple of years so this this will be mm-hmm. important
2: yeah it's beautiful book too it really is a quite a beautiful book Steve did you read it I did what did you think I loved it you loved it I cool did it. um I like
1: the Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. effect that the art has. Very uh, vibrant, very colorful, and fun. I like that they didn't, it doesn't feel rushed. I, I, sometimes they want to cram a lot into a number one issue, and I think that they decided to go with tone and like emotional high marks or emotional beats to get you closer to the character rather than throw you into this like zany adventure with him. Uh, it's funny because as I was reading it, it reminded me of like an offshoot of like some Buzz Lightyear planet, <laughs> and then I think walking out of the door at one point, it goes to infinity and beyond, mm-hmm. and he, he thro- nice. throws his fist in the air, and I cracked up at that panel because that was in my head while I was reading, and I was like, "There it is." <laughs> so, um, like I said, they don't rush. They don't rush things. Kind of a nice pace. Uh, the moment you were talking about, I won't spoil it, but mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It reminded me of uh, perhaps like some movies that I'd seen growing up, or maybe like some like old uh, Spielberg kind of vibe yeah, to yeah, it a little absolutely. bit. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, and um, it just it it feels like it's it's gonna go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the beginning, like the calm before the storm. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna start to you start meeting characters now. They're gonna start to get you comfortable in this Guardians of the Galaxy universe, so to speak, with the movie coming out and everything. There's you know, the new book is coming out today mm-hmm. and it's just like a nice little lighthearted, maybe even kid friendly, God forbid, uh, mm-hmm. companion piece to that universe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh and I really, really dig the art. I really dig the art. I yeah. love the like I said, Saturday morning cartoons totally reminds me of something or something I would have caught after school. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited about that
2: book. Uh, Bob, did you read it? No, you didn't read it. Uh, and it has a great last page, a really great last page, bringing some characters in, uh, with the line, the wake up kid, we got to talk about your dad and the person who's saying it. It's just, it's, it's a great, a great moment. And I'm excited to see what comes, like, I'm excited to get into this cosmic stuff. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to be on the ground floor of this new initiative they're doing and I'm especially excited about Guardians of the Galaxy when it comes out uh,
0: yeah. uh, today. It'll be peachy.
2: It'll be peachy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And finally, just real quick, uh, I've talked about it a million times, obviously, but Daredevil, number 23. Who? Uh, Daredevil. <laughs> uh, Who's that? got by my name, Mark Wade, writes this book. Uh, Chris Samney is the artist. and It goes me $2. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because not only does this book, first of all, it's a great jumping on point, and not only manages to give you basically the not only the basic complete origin of Daredevil and what's been happening in Daredevil, yep. but also gives you a complete and full feeling new story that packs a big emotional punch by the end. It <laughs> it really is, you know, Bobby talked this many times, Stan Lee's thing, you know, every comic book is somebody's first comic book. I feel like Mark Wade believes that absolutely, because every one of the issues does something like this. This is a little more than some of the other ones, but And The end is so emotional and so affecting, and it comes out of, it just hits you. It's one of those moments where it's like happy, 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 and then it's just like a punch to the side of your face that you don't see coming. Uh, Absolutely loved it. Rob, I know that you went crazy for it as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I believe that day, as I was reading the books, you had texted me and said something to that effect, Mm. and it definitely left me with, with tears.
2: Hmm. Well, Rob texts me there. and He goes, "A book made me cry," uh-huh. <laughs> and and I was like, "Okay." And then that's all I said. That's though. all he I, said. I, I didn't say one, yeah, you know. But one.
0: he he texted me yeah. later that night and yeah, yeah. guessed guessed what it was. So, yeah. Yeah. um, <clears throat> I loved the first three or four pages because mm-hmm. that totally threw me for a loop. I really thought it was just a recap of his origin. And then kind of when the lights mm. camera action thing happens, then I was like, holy cow, that's Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. Uh, so I had a great time with that book.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Bob, you read it right before
0: we went on.
3: Uh, my favorite panel beyond the emotional finish Mm -hmm. is foggy. Just saying more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like he gets to fly through the air with daredevil from Mm -hmm. the Chrysler building to across the street. He's got this, the, the, drawing of his face the
1: glee yeah it's just beautiful
2: yeah i love chris samney's work just love it absolutely steve you read it before we went on as well
1: (laughs) yeah you remember i read it yeah (laughs) got to the last page what (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was good i have it's a shame because i have all of daredevil Mm -hmm. i have the whole thing but i have not been keeping up with it Mm -hmm. so i you know i just read this tonight and it is a great jumping on point if you haven't been reading it uh, I didn't mind reading it. Usually, I don't read to like to read things out of contact, especially if I have it. But it's just like the pile of JLA stuff and or you know Justice League. I just need to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to know that you can jump on to just about any Daredevil book. Yeah. And yeah, holy crap! Like I did not, <laughs> I I sensed that something was amiss, mm-hmm. but I did not expect to have that be. The result, let alone for as little as I've been reading him to have that much of an effect on me. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Thank
2: you, Mark Wade. Yeah. Mark, yeah. it's it, And I think he's found a great uh, partner in Chris Samney. I think that they really kind of are, are going to be one of those teams. I think they're going to stick together mm-hmm. uh, for quite a long time. And I hope they do because I think they kind of Mark Wade's, you know, penchant for humor, but also for seriousness works perfectly with. Sammy's art because Sammy's art is sometimes a little bit cartoony you know and, and a little bit you know it's stylistic more than it, it's realistic and can be very funny but also there are moments it, it just it conveys emotion so well and I, I think they're a perfect marriage but uh, that's it for our very long book of the week segment uh, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about what we think of spoilers and we're gonna do some of your listener questions so we'll be right back after this We are back and we're going to be talking a little bit about spoilers uh, today. Not, we're going to spoil anything, but spoilers (laughs) in general. Uh, The actual, you know, the the kind of what they are and what we think of them and, you know, are they necessary? Do they ruin our enjoyment? Uh, How do you avoid them if you don't want to, you know, read them? Uh, Stuff like that. This all kind of is brought on by the fact that, like I said earlier, uh, Batman Inc. number eight is coming out and. There's a rather large event that's happening in that book, and not only was it uh, leaked and reported on by news outlets and websites, it was then confirmed by DC before the book has even hit the shelves, uh, to the point where creators are even doing interviews about what they're going to do in the aftermath of this event before the book has even already has even come out. Uh, we all know what's going to happen. We are not going to spoil it on the show. Uh, we will talk about it next week, as I said before, but... Uh, it got us thinking uh, about spoilers and kind of everything about them you know and and it's almost unavoidable now yeah. you know in, in whether it's about comic books or movies or uh tv or anything it's almost impossible to avoid knowing things about uh things you're interested in before they happen the sony announced their playstation 4 uh kind of last thursday <laughs> was the the biggest non surprise you know in the history of video games in a lot of ways we all knew it was coming um, we even knew we knew specs we had seen the controller already and part of that is is, is fun you want to know that stuff uh, and for a product announcement a little bit not that big of a deal because it's just a product it doesn't matter uh, but for narrative stuff it's with social media and, and the internet has become almost ubiquitous with spoilers uh, even before it happens so. Bob, I mean, what's your opinion on this? You, you, what were spoilers like before all this hubbub was around?
3: There, there weren't any. Yeah, I mean, okay, in, in the old Marvel books, you know, it was the Marvel Bullpen Bulletins page, and you get two lines about next issue, and they would never tell you anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, spoiler alert: this will be filled with it. You know, the death of Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. They only give you the title of that issue's story on the last page when she's laying there dying in Peter's arms. We, you, you were gobsmacked. It's, holy crap, they actually did this. Um, nowadays, these stories that have gotten leaked, it's the Spider-Man one. We, we, we went through all this with uh, 700 and poor Dan Slott getting death threats even before the book had come out. I don't even go on the internet and the, this Batman Inc. one and the Spider-Man one were spoiled for me because the news stories even lead with the spoiler. Mm-hmm. So it pops up on your screen. You're on Yahoo or Google and here's the news story. Bingo. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to avoid it. And when we went back years and years ago, you, you, look, the Sixth Sense, no one ruined that. For That was just at the dawn of social media. And you, who knew? You didn't yeah. know. Um I mean, the most famous non-spoiler event changed the way people went to see movies at Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock made a movie where the star of his movie, everyone's seen Psycho, but spoiler alert, turn this off and avert your ears, you know, Janet Leigh dies 40 minutes in. People used to go to the movies, we're going at 8 o'clock. It didn't matter if the movie started at 7.15, they went at 8 o'clock. He knew if people walked into the movie, the, the origin of the expression, this is where I came in, that's how people went to the movies. Then you sat through the beginning to where you came in and then left. He knew that it would ruin the movie for them if they walked in halfway and where's Janet Lee? How come she's not in this movie? He forced theater owners to pen people up in the lobbies until showtime and let them in at showtime, not before, not after. And Universal and Paramount and his distributors, they had a fight and claw to get this to happen to avoid people ruining the end of this movie. And now it seems to get some clicks on your website. Let's spoil the enjoyment for 200,000 people mm-hmm. so I can get a couple of extra ad dollars on my website.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, m- movie-wise, I mean, the biggest one I got spoiled for me was... When someone told me that the boat sinks in Titanic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's very cool. good. Wow. Da, 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 da. Continue. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, shit.
2: Uh, Rob, we're not going to ask you back, all right? Hi. Hey, Rob's last show, everybody.
1: Enjoy. enjoy. It's been fun. <laughs> you we know, no had, had a good run.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, Death of Phoenix was not spoiled for anybody you read it and were were shocked and all those events as they happened
0: i think a lot of spoilers if any came out during those times were like during conventions where you get a the creative teams out at bars and little yep. loose lips happen and uh someone blurts something out uh i mean i've heard plenty of stories like that i'm but, so bad man <laughs> yeah but but nothing to the effect of of the social media now, where tw- Twitter and and <clears throat> all of that stuff, it's it's instantaneous. Something happens, uh, someone gets a hold of a copy early. Well, like you said, with with Spider Man, there was someone who had that scanned in two weeks, two weeks before, and yeah. and it's out there and up on websites and over with.
2: I mean, I remember when I was like, when I was a kid, and just you know, when I was like around twelve or or thirteen or whatever, right around the time where, you know, the internet was becoming a thing that everybody had in their homes. But I didn't know like that there was such thing as movie websites to go look up stories for. I remember going so funny. I remember going to say Scream Two in the movie theater, and my only uh, my only terror at spoilers was waiting online for the movie to start the people uh-huh. coming out of the movie mm-hmm. you know i would i would literally i was like a 12 13 year old kid whoever i was i would i would like yell at people walking out of the movie not to talk about the movie while we were waiting online yeah. to walk in the theater after them cuz i didn't want to know who the killer was and all that other stuff but but now it's like you don't even have to be looking for it to find it you know it just it permeates everything and even if you don't read anything you hear so much about it that you can't help but start thinking about well what could be the only things that people are talking about when they say something big happens i mean steve what's your position on spoilers
1: i don't like them you don't like them nah <laughs> um i don't know i it's weird i i used to be i used to be very very adamant about spoilers um you mentioned the whole like movie thing, mm. that was the biggest thing for me for a while. Um, but recently, it's become more about how I hear the news and who I hear it from, whether I mind knowing or not. Um, I, I'm all right. We're not spoiling anything, but Rob and I were talking the other day about something coming up. And he speculated, and I've learned over the last year and a half, close to two years, to listen to Rob because he, (laughs) you know, he pays attention to the trends. He reads all the books and, you know, keeps his ear to the ground on a lot of things. And usually if he says something, it has a tendency to come true within a few days. Um, So this stuff came up and it was like, you know, coming from him. It was fine because I want to know his thoughts and I want to, you know, if it's a conversation with a friend, if it's speculation and it turns out that we guessed it and then it's revealed then it's like, oh, like, you were right. Then I don't mind because I was already like I kind of I was like braced for it, mm-hmm. uh, especially what's coming up. I, you know, needed right. to be prepared a little bit. Uh, but spoilers in general. I don't like them because I feel like. I feel that everybody should have their chance to enjoy something without having somebody tell them a vital part of the story or any part of the story, for that matter. Uh, Television shows. I I wait for box sets to come out. I'm not a, you know, episode by episode guy. I can only do that with shows that are like 21 to 22 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, Big Bang Theory, whatever, what have you. Uh, modern family, yeah. <laughs> so, but when it comes to stuff, like I'm watching Game of Thrones mm-hmm. right now. Um, I just finished season one of Fringe. The idea that Fringe is over and nobody's like spoiled it for me, they're like, oh, they went with the it, it started to go south once they did the uh alternate realities mm-hmm. thing. Season one ends with that. So, are you telling me <laughs> that like you didn't like like the show <laughs> after season one? And, it was yeah. around for five seasons, mm-hmm. but I bought. One through four. Mm -hmm. I have them. I own them. So I'm going to watch them and I am enjoying it. The fact that nobody's like really spilled the beans about anything to me yet about that show is amazing. Right. There are certain things, and even Game of Thrones, I managed to avoid everything about that show, even The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead is like the biggest. Whenever The Walking Dead airs, it's all anybody online, whether it's yeah. Facebook, Twitter. Mm-hmm. When the show is on, people, you know, live tweeting it. Oh, my God, I'm yeah. run. You know, this old Merle's got to go. And <laughs> I just, you know, it's so difficult that if you go on the Internet or if you have you're in a position where you, you do have to constantly kind of be on the Internet because you have to monitor Your website, you got to check in with people, you got to schedule things, you got to look up news stories, you want to find out what's coming out that week, all of that stuff, you're in the line of fire for big stories. And if they break things early, then with no escape, like, you know, it's a shame we can't talk about it because it's just, it was so, like, they handed it to you on a silver platter, Mm -hmm. And they do that a lot yeah. these days. And you have to wonder, is it just to, is it a desperate move to sell books? Um, is it because they want to make audiences aware that this event is going on, so it's a good time that if you want to jump in, you can jump in at this major event? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's Spoilers are a, a fickle beast. <laughs> uh, and I'm the firm believer that if you're going to talk about anything regardless of where you are or anything you need to blanket the room and ask Mm -hmm. you know we have people coming to the shop all the time (laughs) on wednesdays and there's this one this one kid uh star wars kid who just he didn't read batman Mm -hmm. you know and he comes in and we were just about to like launch this whole thing and he's like La, 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 la. he puts his fingers in his ears like la, 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 la. like what the
2: yeah.
1: dude like you're in the lion's den yeah you're walking a
2: dangerous ground yeah and, you're and, and you child.
1: haven't like I, I can't promise you that nobody's gonna
0: say anything by the time you leave here and he yeah. got his books quick that day yeah. Yeah. yeah well to paint a little mental image on Wednesdays what happens it's almost like a round table mm-hmm. um, people literally stand yeah. in a big circle around almost a very large table Mm -hmm. and as the books are going out people ask for their books and so as conversation happens someone will say something and there's a good 10 or so people that that are standing around at that time and we discuss it. So especially with something like with with Batman, with the ending of that story, we were just so prepped to get right into what everyone thought about it and he walked in and I mean... Obviously, we're going to respect someone yeah. not not reading the book. Yeah, well, we totally did. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And especially, I mean... What's up? You were there the day the last issue of Avengers X-Men came out. Yeah. Uh, AVX 12, <laughs> I guess that was. Yep. There is a customer who... Was in the store that day. Joe Palookas. And Joe Palooka. <laughs> so there, there's a good a good 10 or 12 people standing around. I'm unboxing the books. And the news story had broke that morning. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knows what happened. I'm not going to... We're, s-
2: we're, we're, we're months out of Avengers vs. X-Men, so you can... Okay, you can so
0: about it. <laughs> he's standing there. Be- before I even unpack the book, he blurts out, Oh, I can't believe Professor X died and my face just drooped i turned around to him and i was like are you serious and i i was i was angry i don't get angry
1: the sea was angry that day my friends
0: i was angry i mean people are investing a year into this book and and bam you a just dumbass comes in i was so pissed
2: and it, you know it's you know people who are kind of assholes about that thing and and people who just kind of tweet about it or post about it or mention it. You know, you can't control what everybody does. Uh, My problem comes from a lot of of these news sites and blogs and stuff. They're only posting the story to get hits. It's not vital information. Like, it's not news that everybody needs to know and no one's going to be worse off if they don't hear the the spoiler at the end of Batman Inc. number 8. It's just this, we've gotten to this culture where people either love to be ruined on things um, that they're not reading, and then and also love to ruin things for people, you know, who are reading the yeah. thing that they're not reading, and they kind of get like a sick enjoyment out of it, you know, you know what I mean. And I, I hate that. And other thing too is, look, I mean, I've I've read the entire Morrison run over the last year. Some people have been reading this thing for like eight years, and they have to have eight years of time invested, not ruined, because the whole thing isn't gone. You still get you still have this great journey with a lot of great stories. But there's a big moment coming that you that, that he's been building to for many, many, many years, and you get it ruined by one sentence you happen to read on a blog maybe you've gone to a thousand times, or somebody tweets at you about it, or, or something, and it's just a shame and you can't protect it, obviously. But I I don't understand the, the, the need I understand if you want to know these things, if you if you're just like, Oh, you have a like kind of a secondhand interest in, in storylines you're not reading. But I don't understand people who, who are reading something who want to read spoilers, who want to share it with people. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why you'd want to ruin a narrative experience for yourself.
3: Well, I experienced sort of both uh, generally. Now, today I was in my bank, and the fellow I was a bank with was, you know, knows the show, and mm-hmm. what are you going to talk about tonight sort of thing? And, oh, we're going to go down this road. and Well, I've been reading some of that. Well, uh, there's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd like to know. I want to know what's going on. Uh, you're sure? You're, you're really sure you want to hear this before? Yes, he did. So, okay. Well, mm-hmm. fine. But, you know, as, as you were saying, Rob, you have a customer in store I go to as well. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about, you know, the Flash dying in the crisis. And he'd, he'd wander around the store. You want to know? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the ending. You want to know? I'll tell you. No. No, Bill. I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> And I'd end up leaving. Mm-hmm. And there were nearly fistfights over this guy's predilection. He'd go to every movie Friday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, so he could come back into the store at 1 and spoil the ending to movies. Uh, uh. Now, why? Because he gets some sort of pathological joy
4: mm-hmm.
3: out of doing this. I, I, <laughs> that, that, at, that at the corporate level, at website level... I do find it fascinating that all these things happen just before the books are going to come out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that it can make it to USA Today and the real press and get speculators running into the store. Oh, I want the issue where, where Spider-Man dies. Yeah. Or I want the issue where Superman dies. and Let's go running to the store and I can sell them for 25 bucks tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And now it goes right on eBay or goes to CGC and gets in a binder, whatever, you, uh, vault, whatever the hell you call it.
2: <laughs> and then these big events, what happens is like the, the thing with Spider-Man... I already knew what was coming, but I was on a movie website, and they wrote, "Oh, what is, what's Marvel doing to Spider Man?" And it's the first line in a on a movie website <sighs> about a comic book, and that is like now you're just going past it. You're going like, "This is," I think this is a safe area, and now yeah. I'm getting like things here that I don't. I'm not looking for. I mean, Rob, you're in an interesting position because I feel like the comic book industry is absolutely they have their head up their ass when it comes to this stuff because you get like um, solicits for books that are three months away that then spoil events that have
0: not even happened yet in a, in a book. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, just like you said, I'm, I'm in a weird position because first off, I'm such a huge fan of all this mm-hmm. stuff. So I do. I want to read it all. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is when I'm doing the orders... I kind of have to know what's going on yes. with all these new books. Uh, so it's either you play the speculator game and be like, okay, that, that's going to be huge. Order X amount more. Or go searching around and see if there are any spoilers around. You know, something like this, uh, we get no heads up. mm mm-hmm. So it's not like three months ago, because what happens with comic book orders, if, if if you guys don't know, you get previews, and that's what the stores do their orders out of, and you place an order, and three months, it's three months ahead of time, basically. So you're usually three or four issues a- ahead. Um, so they don't tell us back then hey, you might want to order more of these because mm-hmm. something's going to happen. <clears throat> so now what's going to happen tomorrow is books going to come out. All stores are going to be under-ordered. There's no doubt about it. Things are going to go into second... Actually, it's probably in second print already because uh, since the news broke, there's probably been plenty of stores that have called in reorders. Sure. Uh, people aren't going to be able to find it. The regular readers of the book won't be able to get their hands on it because it's gonna drive in all the street traffic of of the people that want five copies it's it's happened with the spider-man one it happened with captain America with uh with human torch just mm-hmm. you know uh the final crisis with the whole Batman thing then that it it sucks <laughs> but is- uh but yeah I have to be in that position where you know, sometimes I need to know to kind of gauge where, where I'm going to be going with, with the orders. Mm. Now, it strikes um, me
3: that Preview has changed some over the years. When, before, it was strictly retailers, and there'd be one copy there, basically, and you'd take a look through his, and he, it would help you with us. and there was more information then. But now that it's it's a consumer publication, that it's out there to be bought in a lot of stores— I think they're trying a little harder to pull back on some of the information, which then hurts you. If they have a big event, this issue, with a blank cover, how do you order from that?
0: Yeah, because honestly, that could just be their marketing saying like, oh, well, if we just blank out every letter in the the article we're writing in the solicit. Then maybe they'll know, or it could just be total crap and like, oh, we did that on purpose, now you ordered 60 copies more <laughs> that, that'll just sit on your shelf. Um, and then the other part of it, though, is you know, being in a store, uh, I'm pretty much privy to customers' conversations as they're walking around shopping and stuff like that. So if I haven't read last week's books, let's say, uh, and that there are People walking around talking about, oh, hey, did you read this? This happened, you know. If it's only two guys in the store talking to each other, I'm not going to say, "Shut up!" I didn't read it and, and hold my ears. I'll let people walk around and talk as long as they don't spoil it for someone else. Mm-hmm. I'm fine, but I'm I'm not going to step in and and be like, you know, do you mind? Uh I'll do it with TV shows and movies. <laughs> but oh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, comics, comics I'll I'll let them, you know, let them have their fun. Mm-hmm. Uh they're in a comic book store, they're not mm-hmm. ruining anyone else's enjoyment. I could take the lumps every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know mm-hmm. actually just last week it's so funny, before any of this stuff even happened, I was talking to uh Ryan Carroll on Twitter and we were talking about spoilers. Mm-hmm. And he had brought up, uh, back when the Spider-Man One More Day was going on. Oh, sure. Uh, It was, like, right when the last issue had come out. And he walked into the store and and was kind of browsing through the book. There were two guys off to the side talking about the book. And then they turned and saw that he had it in his hand. He was going to be purchasing it. And they stopped their conversation. And they waited for him to, you know, to leave. And and then they resumed what they were saying. So, you know, peep, there are good people out there that have the correct etiquette. Like, what do you think the correct etiquette to all of this is? I mean, I, I think it, it's tough. Spo- sp- and
2: the thing about this now is it's this weird world where we, we actually have to, like, come up with, like, statutes of limitations on what we can talk about <laughs> and when. I mean, you know, look, if 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 I walk into a comic book shop and I haven't read a big book that came out the week before... If there are people that I, I know around, I'm gonna ask them not to talk about it. But I'm not really gonna ask people I don't know, and I talk about, I'll just go away as fast as possible if I hear them talking about <laughs> something I don't want to hear about. Uh, I, I feel like you know, with with stuff like something like The Walking Dead, you know, I feel like, especially now, the way our our kind of media consumption is is structured, it's no longer. Look, it's Thursday night at eight o'clock. You're watching, or Thursday night, at ten o'clock. You're watching ER. It's the only time you're ever going to be able to watch it, unless you taped it, or you know you happen to catch a rerun in the summer. You know, people don't watch things like that anymore. People decide when they want to watch things and how they want to watch things. You know, the, the Walking Dead is on three times the night that, that it comes on <laughs> to, to to allow for that. You know, uh, I, I don't feel like people don't have the right to talk about it, but if you're gonna if you're gonna like tweet the moment The Walking Dead ends and tweet a spoiler yeah. without saying, "Hey, I'm talking about The Walking Dead," you know, you at least have to give some quarter to the people who are maybe are maybe a couple minutes behind on their DVR.
1: You'd think that,
2: you know, I know yeah. it's not true because I've had good friends who I've <clears throat> screamed at about about this. Um, my friend BJ used to Doctor Who cast. He spoiled, He's the worst. He spoiled dude. The Walking Dead <laughs> two weeks in a row for me. Uh, the end of season two, there are two episodes in a row where major characters meet a demise, and he spoiled both of them. And I I went back and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, you should have been watching it. I was like, I am watching it. I'm ten minutes behind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like, come on, man. you got to give at least, like, a day, you know, to let people do it. And if you're going to talk about it, don't just write it. You know right? Blank died. That's all you write. You I, said, know? So,
1: I yeah. said something to him once, and he was like, oh, didn't Bobby tell you that I'm a spoiler boy?
2: Yeah. And I'm like, that's not, that's not an excuse. <laughs> he messed okay. with me uh, before the Avengers came out, though. He was like, oh, man, you're going to love the Ant-Man cameo at the end of Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you go to hell. Right. Um,
3: See, I, not only is it disrespectful to other people who are, are watching, mm-hmm. reading the things, if these people are supposedly fans of these pieces of art, mm. they're being disrespectful to the creators who yeah. are setting up a surprise, in this case, you know, years in the making, but certainly we don't know how long someone worked on Walking Dead, the mm. show.
2: Yeah.
3: Or, or, or look, I said to you before, X-Men First Class. Nobody knew about that Wolverine cameo. Right, yeah. And it's the biggest laugh I've mm. had in years mm. in a movie theater. Yeah. And there's this little bit you're disrespecting the creator's intent to give you a moment or to give an audience a moment so that you can have that gotcha moment mm. to your friends? Right. Yeah. Crap.
2: I mean, uh, our friend Hugh, Hugh Perry on Twitter, actually wrote to us and said about spoilers, I despise them with a pure passion. Having a story spoiled before it's read before it's read makes paying for the book a waste. I also feel that it's disrespectful to the writers. It's not fair on them to have the impact of their work lessened or totally killed. Mm -hmm. no i totally agree with that amen
0: so now what do you what do you think of this then uh shoot them all um (laughs) so obviously dc floated this out there right there's no doubt about it
2: well i'm sure it came from an interview with morrison that that
0: it was on it was inside of uh usa today yeah or a new york York post New York Uh uh-huh now do you think it's something that dc was like look you have to sit down and do this interview or cuz i who knows i mean who knows i'm sure they
2: want the book to sell and i'm sure they they want it to be something but i i don't i don't know,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I don't know. i'm cynical i say yes mhm well no, it's i know i'm
2: purpose, sure it's i'm on sure the dc books. wanted to happen oh, just definitely. Know, i just i just don't know if morrison is the type of guy who would be like oh yeah okay or whatever well that's <laughs> and, what and, i'm and, saying you know?
0: do you think it's something that he he wanted or
2: I don't know. I also, I don't know if if you if they have any way to push him around. Like, what does he have to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, yeah. he doesn't really care. You know, he's done with this in in a couple of months, and then you know he's got a couple like when miniseries coming out. But you know, he can write his own ticket wherever mm-hmm. he wants well,
3: to go. So. so, actually, so on either side, it could work. It, yeah. It, it be, don't say anything. Yeah, it's the hell with exactly. you. I am going to say sure. something, or I'm sure. the other way around. Yeah. Could, uh, no, you yeah. can't make me do it if I don't want to.
2: Yeah. So I, I have no
0: idea, you know, how it runs like that. But <sighs> mm-hmm. and like you said, Bob, it being disrespectful to for, to the creators, you could definitely see, especially with Slot and the Spider Man thing, and with Snyder and the leak of Batman Seventeen mm-hmm. two or three days before it came out, that they were. They were sad, yeah, you know they yeah. they they were like, "Look, it's not supposed to happen like this, yeah. uh, please just keep quiet about it, and you know it gets out there, people are talking about it, and those are the people that sat and and either downloaded it or mm. or read it early yeah. and and yeah they're they're kind of just wrecking the enjoyment for for all these people yeah. uh.
3: And it's so unavoidable because you don't even know there's going to be a surprise, so you don't know not to go on the internet (laughs) for for the week before some random book
2: is coming out. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I I remember. I remember um, when Lost was wrapping up. Like Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof were livid about like every episode was getting spoiled before it came out, and they were just like screaming, you know, at the heavens about it because you know they're like, don't please do not ruin this for other people. There are people who want to want to experience it. You know, and it's not meant to be experienced in a in a sentence in, in, in yeah. on a blog. You know, it's meant to be experienced watching it and and taking it in.
0: Can you imagine Twitter then? Yeah, because Twitter wasn't around then. No,
2: right? it just was starting out. I think when it was ending. Oh my god, I yeah. would have had
0: such a headache trying yeah. to deal with. <laughs> I would just
2: blackout. And I would go into blackout mode.
0: Well, a, Sunday nights. Well, I mean this this week it was the Oscars mm. and then Walking Dead. Um, I. I won't go on Twitter until, <laughs> yeah. like, seriously, until I watch The Walking Dead. I won't. Yeah. Um. There, are, there are certain shows that I'll absolutely do that with. Yeah, I mean, for me too. It's on Saturdays
2: when Doctor Who is around. Like, I can't because people in England see it like eight I'm hours sure? before we do. So they're already like tweeting about it and stuff, and, I'm, <laughs> and they're tweeting at me about it. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And especially with Doctor Who, there are so many people that even way before the episode, like as it's being filmed or yeah. casted. Yeah. That they're just digging for the smallest little thing to to be the first one out there. Like, oh look, this is the new companion. Yeah. It's like, okay, well that yeah. screws up everything with the introduction of her or
2: Yeah.
1: There are people that really get off on
2: it. Yeah, there are. They really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Like they
1: they seek these things out just to be able to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And uh they get some kind of satisfaction over ruining things mm. for people. It's really sad.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't mind if you spoil a company's marketing plan for something by, you know, f- you know, scooping them on a casting announcement or on a, a who's going to direct something or who a new writing team is going to be, or even a couple images from a book that maybe leak out. You know, as long as they're not major plot points, that stuff is all mm. fine. That stuff is just, you know, it's fun. It's it's and it's tantalizing. But this stuff is just, and again, like it's important in the sphere that we're talking about, in the scheme of life, it's not important. But in this area, when you devote your time and money to something, it gets it gets really bothersome when things are ripped away from you, and you're not even looking for them. Well, it also yeah.
1: creates a, I mean, and with me anyway, it creates an unease in yeah. the company itself that you, you know you you wonder. I mean, everybody knows that Marvel. I mean, I know DC is like some of their bigger titles. They're really selling and they have a lot of, you know, uh, books towards the top of the charts. But Marvel is just killing it and dominating Mm. right now with uh, Marvel now. And it just this whole thing that just came about really felt cheap to me. Kind of like a I mean, I'm, I'm not saying any of this happened, but just for me personally, it was like we need to. Sell some books. We need to turn people onto this before it's over, and make sure that we recoup and that we get what we put into this. Because even with the big name, maybe not too many people. There's too many titles, so we need to get people to buy this one real quick before it's gone. Before you know all these, this eight year work, it, we can stop milking the cow, so to speak. So we're gonna drop this bomb early and just early enough that anybody that was possibly like thinking of jumping off... I have a friend who is actually looking to jump off of the title, and this was going to be the the month where he severed his tie to it, and he was just going to wait. And then I didn't tell him what it was, but I said something was going on, and now he's right back in there, mm-hmm. and he's in until the end because he knows it's ending soon. He's like, mm-hmm. well, now I'll just do the rest of the run. I said, well, there you go. Mission mm-hmm. accomplished. <laughs> and it just... It just feels I don't want to say I don't want use I'll say the word desperate but I don't want to make it sound so harshly, but it just it's like trying to recoup from the devastation of another company kind of trumping them in more ways than one this past year that their launch wasn't the success that they thought it would be their relaunch wasn't what they'd hoped. Yeah. And with all the shuffling around of artists and writers and titles and things that are third generation that aren't even lasting six issues, five issues, and you're already out of the game, you know, these flagship things come along and they're the ones that put it out there. It just, it really, and like what Rob said that there's not enough books. So not only are you creating a situation where people aren't going to be able to get their hands on it, but now you're tapping into the whole eBay market with books going off yep. the shelves and going for exorbitant amounts of money. Um, you're talking about like more printings and it just, it creates a scarcity mm-hmm. in, in the issue or the event or whatever it is. And if you miss it, you miss it mm-hmm. and it sucks. Like well, you would have had to you would you would have to know something's going on. and two days later, you're asked better be at the comic book shop or send a friend to go do it or like that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that yeah.
3: second that secondary market creates the secondary news story. Oh mm-hmm. those issues are now going for you'll yeah. be seeing that story Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. very, very true. I, I think the word we may use is calculated,
2: maybe yeah. well, the funny thing too is like again, all this negativity it's a great great series that's going on right now mm-hmm. and i'm very excited to see how he executes the event that has been spoiled uh but what's gonna happen is people are gonna pick it up and anybody who thinks they're gonna pick it up and read it and understand what's going on is going oh. to be so confused they're well, gonna, that's, that's they, the best part they could lose yeah. faith in all of comic books trying to read the middle of a grant morrison run <laughs> of, of books you know, so it's gonna. I think defeat. They're gonna get one big sale, and it's not gonna translate.
0: That's the best part about it is that it is a Morrison book. Yeah. Because the last DC story like that was during Final Crisis, with uh, with the whole Batman mm. getting disintegrated. Yeah. That broke in the news the day before, and there were plenty of of casuals walking in from the street mm. buying the book. I would have loved to have seen their faces. They tried (laughs) to read that and decipher what was going on. Yeah. Um, So yeah, especially something like this. You know, you're gonna have to have pretty much the past seven years of (laughs) of bat trades sitting Mm -hmm. out, like the Batman and Son, all that stuff. I'm gonna have them right on the counter right there, and if it's someone I don't know, then it's gonna be like, hey, to even understand. What is going on? This is the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, try it Mm -hmm. out. You know, even if you've never read a comic or anything like that before, this is where you want to start.
3: And for all those speculators out there, Mm -hmm. let's just say to them, uh, buy your book, put it on eBay tomorrow, Mm -hmm. sell it now, get it over with, because two weeks from now it won't be worth anything when there are second, (laughs) third, and fourth printings. So for all you creeps, go ahead out there, buy lots of them, Mm -hmm. and just sell them and drive each other
0: broke. Mm -hmm. Well, what... What I do, especially like I just said, you know, people walking in off the street, I know I'm not going to have enough to begin with. Mm -hmm. I hold some off to the side for my regulars. You know, the people that have it for their pull list, okay, it goes right in their box. But there are plenty of people that just walk in every Wednesday. I know them by name and they're going to want the book to have someone, you know, 10 or so people walk in off the street. Who you'll um, never see again on top of it. Exactly. So I'll hold it off to the side. I'll tell those people, look, I'm getting more next week. You could stop it next week, and I'll take care of my regulars mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might call it unfair. I don't know. I think that that's the fair. The right thing that's to very do. very fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, especially I wanna... since I get one. Because <laughs> <Well, yeah. laughs> I, I don't want to turn away my regulars. No. Now, how
3: quickly tomorrow morning will your phone be going berserk? First time, as soon as you open the door? Mm
0: hmm. Sweet, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it was today. Okay. So, yeah.
3: oh yes, I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. it is Wednesday, isn't it? Uh,
0: well,
4: not <laughs> yeah. a, okay. No, but he actually yeah. means Tuesday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm really confused. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean the phone. You're already breaking the been... fourth wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the phone. The phone has been going nuts already. Uh, and it, it happens every time. The news of Ultimate Spider-Man was the big one. Uh with the whole death of Peter Parker mm. and introduction of Miles, um, for days and days the phone was ringing. And, yeah, again, yeah. That, that was something that, uh, the death of stuff we were able to kind of predict, uh, just because that was the name of the storyline. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. but How many explanations did you have to give
3: to people who assumed it was
0: Peter real, Parker? Oh, every, every one. Mm-hmm. Everyone, right. Uh but then the whole Miles Morales thing again that that was something that didn't quite have enough time to to get those orders in because they don't let you know yeah. so yeah it's a double edged sword you know glad the people are coming in but wish we would have had the notice
2: gotcha mm. anybody have anything else they want to say about mm-hmm. spoilers I'm going to read some of, we have some good listener feedback oh, about spoilers so cool. I want to do you have anything else you want to say Steve <laughs> no no okay back in my day we <laughs> had this
1: thing called a phone no, I'm
2: kidding. uh yeah on twitter joe Vaslotti says he hates them well i haven't read a news story about batman inc i am 99 percent sure i know what it is because of social media uh next at next door critic says it's usually the minor spoilers that frustrate me big reveals don't bother me as much um it's an interesting take yeah uh Ryan Carroll says, I don't like them, and they're extremely bad when news outlets who don't know how to properly spoiler warn a story publish them. Uh, Nate underscore A underscore Thomas says, Depends. Spoilers before content is published enrages me, but having something spoiled weeks or, month, weeks or months after the fact doesn't bother them. Um, our friend uh, Lauren Collins says, I don't mind them out of respect of others, I choose not to spoil. However, not being able to talk openly about an arc after after months or years after is silly. It's out. It's established. Uh, um, Other M. Johnson says, I try to avoid spoilers. It really does spoil my read. I want to go in a Hey-o. book not knowing the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not saying this first name. It's either Other or Otha. So I'm sorry too. I don't know how to say your first name.
3: I think it's Otha.
2: Yeah, Otha probably. Yeah. Uh, it's funny the other one. It is, really, right? (laughs) Uh, One of our writers, uh, at Avatar Loki, Sean says, Twitter did more damage than websites for me. I purposely avoided covers, previews, not to be spoiled, but still got this one. Talking about Batman Inc. Um, um, Another writer for us, Mara Whiteside says, Spoilers, before something even hits stands, TV seems like a publicity stunt. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, uh, Repstone says, uh... Oh sorry, he didn't ask he asked another question, which we'll get to later. Oh. Mondu <laughs> Uh, uh Super Bad Larry says, I don't care either way. To me, the journey itself is more important than the benchmark events of any narrative. Uh, for example, sure Hulk fights Thor in the Avengers film, but no one could ruin with words how the fight played out for me personally. Uh, I mean, I will agree to certain something like that, but that's a small, like, plot point event and not. A, uh, something that affects uh, both entire narrative that comes before and, and a bunch of aftermath that mm-hmm. comes after.
0: Well here's something then uh, have you ever had something spoiled for something that you probably would have never watched or read and because of that spoiler you went ahead and like you thought Ooh. to yourself oh my god that's cool I want to read that now I have
1: mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what it was but there was something that that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. Um. Oh, god.
0: Because I'm I've definitely used that as a sales pitch, like, "Hey, look!" Uh, and this is way after the fact, obviously that that something's going on. I'll pull it out and be like, "This is probably something that you'll be into because there's something very big that happens, and you know it, it's kind of integral to this universe." So. But you don't
3: tell them what the big thing
0: is, though. N- no, but I even mentioning that there is something big, uh, kind of. Plants the seed, and okay. you know, and then usually the title of the story, the title of the trade at that point, <laughs> is something towards of, of what's happening. Gotcha. Okay. You know, like the death of Johnny Storm, or or you know the death of Spider Man, kind of things like that. Um, but I mean, has it ever worked?
2: Um, I'm not sure if it's ever ever with comic books. I mean, there's definitely been things that when it happens happened years before. If I'm not planning on going back and reading all that stuff, it definitely gets me maybe a little more interested in, in checking you know things out. Uh, and it's probably happened uh, in other media before, but generally, no. I, I try to be on the ground floor of as many of the, like the big things as possible, so I don't ever have to run into that. There's definitely people tell me like plot points about something, maybe not a major spoiler, but plot points that get me excited about reading. It. Like I think I've mentioned that. Uh, when I wasn't reading comics, you know, the idea of Civil War, what it was, got me really excited to check out check it out. I thought that was a really really cool thing, you know. And somebody told me that uh, again, this is years old. That Spider Man reveals like who he really is, and I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. And that made me want to read it. Okay, you so know, yeah, that, but to me that's a perfect point, right? Yeah. But that is like that's a that's something in the midst of a much larger story, and it's not really the linchpin of an entire. Uh, um, narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. They know? pressed release that, though. I'm sure they did. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that that was another huge thing, people coming in off the street.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, I similarly, you know, someone a plot point, though, was a big one. Uh, my friend's story, he had Walt Simonson in. He was doing an appearance for, I think it was for Star Slammers at that point, and he walked in with the cover of Thor 337 with Beta Ray Bill with the hammer. That's awesome. Like, who... Walt, who's the guy with the with the horse face and what's going on? He went, Well, it's going to be the new story, but shh, don't tell anybody, but you're going to want to read this. And I said to him, But what about whosoever holds this hammer? He went, Ah, you got it already, huh? Oh, okay, I got it. Fine, great. Shh. Mm-hmm. You know, stumm and
0: move on. That kind of happened to Steve and I at New York Comic Con. We were at the retailer breakfast. Oh, yes. And. We went up, Dan Slott gave a speech and he went to go get his jacket and was about to go up the escalator. And I had wanted to meet him and uh, I was and being, who, a, ba- who, I was being po- a baby. Who poked you? Yeah. So St- Steve and I walked up to him and, he, and we were talking to him and he was giving us big, big things then. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he pulled out his cell phone. He was showing us the notes. Yep. And, you know, we kind of had g- good ideas of, of what was going on and. obviously it was very calculated he wasn't going to sit there and just lay out the whole plot oh do
1: you remember what he said because he was he was going to his hotel room to go and write and he's like you guys are the last guys that i'm going to be talking to about this today he's like so i'm going to show you something and Mm -hmm. then he pulled out his phone and when i had friends coming up to me talking about you know superior and everything and i was really trying to tell people it was like listen there's a plan. there are things we still know one or two things that are that are gonna go on that haven't happened yet that mm-hmm. just make the story that much better and and for the people that are hanging in there with it, there's gonna be some really great payoffs uh mm-hmm. come a few issues, but yeah, that was awesome that day that was the <laughs> that was the highlight yeah <laughs> that was that was the highlight of uh of one of the trip, one of them anyway mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, so it can be used to their advantage and like i mean he didn't flat out say like oh, this is who Superior Spider-Man's going to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was telling, he was like, look, it's not Peter. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: huh? <laughs> fun times. <laughs> fun
1: times, indeed. I mean, he's kind of like emphasizing certain words and like leaning in uh-huh, as he was talking. Link. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to do an impression because you can't <laughs> see it.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm very sensitive to the spoiler thing. At the point where... It's funny, people sometimes ask me, like I remember when the Harry Potter books were coming out, people who didn't read the Harry Potter books were asking me what happened and I wouldn't tell them. They're like, Bobby, I'm never going to read them. And I said, I don't care. I'm not going to be the one who tells you what happens. If you want to go look it up, that's fine, but I'm not going to tell you what happens.
0: You got to do it yourself. I mean, I remember when that last book came out and that's still like right when YouTube was hitting it big Mm. and the whole Snape kills... Yeah, kind <gasps> of video was was floating around. <laughs> uh, you just feel. You imagine being someone that was on that line, yeah. and you've invested. I mean, what was it like, six years, five years, longer than
2: that? Longer yeah. than that. I mean, if you, I mean, he was talking about the movies or the books. I mean, either the one. Bo- the books. The books is over like a ten-year okay. period
0: at least. And just being on that line and you know, they're big fans. It's a midnight release and just someone driving along and screaming out the the biggest spoiler of the whole series. I had that happen to me. Uh, goodness. For what?
1: For Harry Potter. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. No, I used, uh, the last three books I was, uh, doing the midnight release giant bookstore borders, Barnes and Noble thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I believe it was the final book. There was exactly what you said. There was a car that drove through the parking lot and yelled exactly that, <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was one of those things where you you put it out of you try to put it out of mm-hmm. your mind. You try to like it's one of those things where they're like you know once you've seen it you can't unsee <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. There are things that you hear them and you're like la 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 la. Like, mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna forget it by this
0: time. But the more you try to forget it, the more it sinks in. Mm-hmm. Well, how was it? Because I've, I've always wondered this. How was it with like Star Wars, let's say, and the whole Darth <sighs> no Vader? One knew. And... No one knew.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, now, of course, they're ruined because if you watch them in the number order yeah. <laughs> instead of the way they were presented to us in the theaters, yeah, that moment doesn't mean anything anymore. So I guess it doesn't matter. But that was a, that was a shock.
4: Uh-huh.
3: You know, the end of Planet of the Apes was a shock. Soylent green is people. Sorry, people. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's like a 40-year spoiler. (laughs) Okay, but you know, it it was one of those things where, wow, honestly, every week on The Twilight Zone was a spoiler. Mm -hmm. That you could have said, oh, and no one ran around telling each other. Maybe we just had more respect in the old days. I'm not sure. Or we just there were just now more opportunities to be self-aggrandizing. Look what I can do. Mm -hmm. I can ruin this for how many thousands of people. Yeah. Hmm. How yeah. clever I am!
2: So uh, we're going to transition into uh, listener feedback, but it kind of the first listener feedback question kind of takes us from this uh, discussion into listener feedback. Ooh, uh, Hugh segue. again. So, to, uh, so know, do you feel that DC has devalued Grant Morrison's run on Batman by confirming the rumors about Batman Inc. number eight? So, Rob, do you think it devalues
0: his run? I think it's n- no. I think it's honestly, it's a brilliant run anyway. Mm-hmm. And just kind of what what's been spoiled, I don't even think is the icing of the cake. Is how I'm gonna
2: right? Yeah,
0: I think it's yeah that I don't want to go deeper into it because I well, have no. my ideas of kind of what it is. But mm. yeah, mm. Uh, I uh, for something like this no.
3: Maybe dims it momentarily, but once you take a a couple of months and step back and see it more as as the whole, it'll be just what it was.
2: And in in a year when somebody who's new to reading comics or new to reading this run sits down to read it, they're not going to remember that this story got leaked. Mm -hmm. Then as long as they don't look up a Wikipedia entry or what have you, they can read it through and not have these things spoiled for them. Uh, And like you said, it happens with so many big moments in comic books that... You know, were they devaluing Civil War by doing the the Spider Man thing, or you know, whatever? So it's not. I don't think it's a disrespect. I just think it's something that they do. Mm-hmm. Steve, do you have any other opinions about it?
1: Just noticing that it happens with comics a lot more than anything else. It does. <laughs> Maybe it's just because we're so we're so close to all this stuff. But I'm trying to think like movies. Movies don't I mean for me anyway, I've been so out of the loop with movie watching my movie watching record for this past year is pathetic compared to what it was previous years. yeah but um not too many of that stuff gets spoiled for me. It's really the, the more episodic stuff yeah. these days, um, just because it's so quickly consumed mm. and it's so much it takes so much less of an effort to throw it out there. I mean, you could tweet something. And like you said, all it takes is a sentence Yeah. and you can, you can, you know, unravel everything mm-hmm. with, you know, 140 characters, let's say. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in regard to Hugh's question, I don't think that it devalues it at all. I think that the, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, granted it is major, but it's, if you read the writing on the wall, like, I just read um, is, uh, issues one through seven of Incorporated and I read, you know, the stuff that came before that, mm-hmm. that it's pretty much been about this the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. there have been direct, um, you know, things have been said. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Things have been said and, you know, I got to read it again and it's just like, wow, this is really, yeah. Like, how how come... How come I I I saw it, but I didn't really believe it, and
2: uh, and now here we are. I, I think the interesting thing with the mo- uh, you know I think plenty of people will spoil movies and TV shows. The difference is the companies that put out the movies and TV shows don't go out of their way to spoil it. Also,
1: no, it's the fans.
2: You yeah. know, like you know, like the producer of The Walking Dead are never going to release. This is what happens on tomorrow's Walking Dead. You know. Because it's the opposite. Less people would be likely able to watch a TV show if they knew it was going to happen.
3: Yeah, I'm not investing that hour.
2: You know, uh, but with a comic book, it's almost the opposite. You get all the looky loos come in to buy the books if
0: they know what, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when it's a spoiler, you know, at least let it stick. Because let, let's say with uh, with the whole Green Lantern thing, uh, Alan Scott being mm-hmm. gay, blah, blah, blah. He's in a relationship, and then the next issue, uh, his his boyfriend dies, and it's like, okay. Yeah, and Alan carried
3: yeah. on as if nothing had happened. Uh huh. So Stand
0: now, like. if all this this <laughs> Batman ink stuff floated out there, and by by the end of his run, if it's like just yeah. a, a right red, it's hurry, a what if story. Yeah. No, what? Sure. If, I, uh, yeah. Then then how does you know? Then how does it make people feel? By the
3: way, do we have any little kids? Uh, listening do we know because i'd like to talk about the easter bunny and uh, santa yeah.
2: claus and... <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, i'm just mean i'm sorry so no. no but i don't think it devalues his run Mm-mm. uh this is from uh, it's I- a sled <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is from james stewart uh he uh has another another uh batman question do you think batman and such other comic book characters will be around a hundred years from now how will they survive in a futuristic cultural construct?
1: That's my next door neighbor. <laughs> uh,
2: I personally think I think certain characters, whether those companies are around anymore or not, much like other literary characters and other characters of folklore and mythology. I think there's too much now. You know, in in a hundred years, uh, people's kids who uh, you know people will have fathers who are obsessed with Batman. Who are still alive. There's no way that it won't it won't still, you know, be no. around. So I don't see it, it going away.
3: No, in the sense of Tarzan and Sherlock Holmes, yeah, Dracula, exactly. those characters have lasted and lasted. Other characters that were popular then. My dad read uh dime novels about a detective named Nick Carter.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Right. <laughs>
3: Long gone. Doc Savage is hanging on by a thread. Mm. Some of us know who wrote the read the old paperbacks, but Some things disappear. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man is in that category at this point. Yeah. Perhaps because of the movies Iron Man and Captain America Mm -hmm. have moved to that level. I'm kind of worried about things like Wonder Woman. Right. Where they're popular but not as, and we think of them as big. Some will will disappear. Batman, Superman, never.
0: No, and I think just because of the imagery, like logo-wise, they're plastered everywhere. (laughs) And... You know, tattooed and just on buildings, yep. and I think that that'll help it a heap because people will be like, "Oh, that's that's Superman." Yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Steve, what do you think?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, what do I think?
1: What do I think? I think that uh I, I agree with Bob that they'll. You know, obviously, I don't think Batman or Superman are going anywhere. It'll be interesting. I mean, a hundred years from now, who knows if any of us are going to be around? A hundred years from now, um, well, I don't think any of us are going to be around. Years well, no, now. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe me, <laughs> but um, no. I'm just as far as the culture goes. I mean, the the. Ah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to go into a rant. I'm not going to go on a rant. Go for it. No, uh, believe me, you do not want me. I don't even want me going there. Uh, I think that Batman and people like Superman—they're too symbolic of our culture as a whole, especially American culture that um, certain characters are are now universal symbols. Something like Superman. Everybody knows the emblem, the S. Everybody knows the Bat symbol. They're just... They're, it's iconic imagery that you could slap it on anything and call it Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman might change, but Batman's always been changing. There are mechanized Batmans, for Christ's sake. There's... You know the Batman Incorporated, where there's stand-ins for Batman. There's Wingman. There's, you know, uh, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of whole uh, bunch of Bat the people. Knight. The what? The night. Yeah, the night. Batwing, Batgirl. New characters that might be coming into the fold. I mean, that would be nice if we saw. You know, I think we're starting to see the birth of a couple of new characters, which would be really cool. But um, as far as them surviving, yeah, I think it'll be different. I think it'll be interesting. It'd be interesting just even 20 years from now, um, seeing where everybody goes and what they're up to and how they've had to adapt for the times and for new generations and everything like that. There's no real marker for that kind of stuff because people get into comics at such different ages and such different different reasons Mm -hmm. as to why either somebody put a book in your hand or a movie came out that you really liked and now you're, you want to see other adventures with that character. There's so many more outlets and things to get people reading comics. Right. Um, so do I think that they'll endure? Yeah. But I mean, as for Wonder Woman, who knows? I think the ones that they've successfully done things with, I think that you'll, you'll find that they'll be around. I think that if they concentrate enough that they could have more of those. But they got to put the right people on these projects. The fact that they don't have, I don't want to talk it to death, but the fact that they don't have something for Wonder Woman yet blows my mind. That there's not one female superhero amidst all of this like, amazing stuff that's coming out. Catwoman was shit. The Wonder Woman pilot was a joke. You know, Catwoman's been in, in the litter box for the past nice. uh, <laughs> year and change, maybe now that'll change with JLA and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, some people got to come in and save these characters because some of them are really floundering. They're trying to stick them into these groups, and while that's fun and it's cool, you're not. There's not enough spotlight time for them to become iconic. Mm-hmm and that's a shame cuz some of them are worth that.
2: Well, I mean I think that if these characters are going to survive and the reason Batman and <clears throat> Superman, Spider-Man, these characters are going to survive has I mean obviously they all start in comic books, but it has nothing to do with the fact they're in comic books. They're cultural touchstones and they're more to people than comic books. You know, the reason, you know, even there are even characters that are great and you know uh, and characters that have de- deep histories and have had an amazing runs it doesn't mean they're going to be around in a hundred years because there've been there are probably books two hundred years ago that were fantastic that nobody reads and nobody's even heard about anymore. But you know, books that enter a, and characters that enter cultural consciousness—that's what makes them stick. You know, Wonder Woman is going to is going to fail and maybe not be around less because of her comic book origin, but because she hasn't managed to permeate the pop culture in in twenty years. You know, and since that TV show... Yeah, it's nearly 40 years now. Yeah, yeah. For 40 years. So nobody, you know, you know, people know who she is. And go, oh, that's Wonder Woman. But she has to, you have to put your footprint somewhere else than just on those comic book pages. You know what I well, mean? It's,
1: it's interesting. Like, if you go into a, I mean, this might be a weak example, but it's only the only one I can think of. You go into, uh, we have a store here in our malls uh, called Spencer's. Mm -hmm. And you go into Spencer's and they're now selling a lot of comic book related stuff. Right. But it's not stuff you'd find on the shelf at like Target or anything. It's like, you know, Wonder Woman and Batgirl Mm 90s. And, you know, long shirts or pajama shirts for girls. Um, Which is great. But my question is you know, who who are you marketing it to that's actually a fan of that character? Like, you're just working off of, like you said, stuff that happened 20 years ago. Like, you Mm -hmm. know who Wonder Woman is, but you tell me, you bought that for somebody? What is she up to lately? I guarantee you that, like, 80% of them would have no idea.
2: Right. I mean, for me, you know, the the way I kind of judge this is if I were to go up to somebody who had never read a comic, seen any of the movies... Seen it in the TV shows. If I said, "Do you know who Batman is?" They'd be able to tell you he wears a cape and he wears a mask. His parents were killed. Has yeah. a cave. Yeah, yeah, he has a cave. He has a car, and he somebody has a, a, a little boy sidekick named Robin. They could tell you that without having ever seen anything. Batman. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like people, it's like Mickey Mouse or Bart Simpson or Mario. You know, like these these things transcend people. Ever even looking at the thing that they come from. And I think those are the characters that survive. I think that Wonder Woman has that, could do that, but you have to have something else for right. her to go. Look,
3: like how many iterations of Sherlock Holmes have there been? Yeah. And how many people actually have read the I've 56 never read novels book. or the 56 shorts and the yeah. four novels? Tarzan. Right. Everyone knows Tarzan. How many mm. people have read a Tarzan, book? Right. A Edgar Rice Burroughs book? Mm. Very few of us. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's those other places that put them in the public consciousness. Everyone can probably do the Tarzan yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has got nothing to do with the books. It's the yeah. smaller movies, but everyone knows what that is.
2: Yeah. I've never read any of the books or seen any of the movies, and I could do that yell. Okay. <laughs> so, you, you know... I'm surprised
1: they haven't rebooted that for,
2: for a movie. Oh, they're going to. They did, oh, I'm sure. They they did. Did. Yes, yeah, they the, the Van Dien one that came out in the nineties. Like three years ago? Four oh, oh, years the, ago? The, was, was it four years ago? Now? What? I, I don't like, think it was
0: Greystone. That. What was that? No, one? that's in the eighties. That's from the book. That's actually I mean, near that was to the good. novel. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being a kid watching that. I love that. <laughs> I still liked uh, Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner's
1: Robin Hood. Oh, huh. mm. really? I liked it a lot. I thought it was good back in the day.
3: There's uh, one Robin Hood, it's Errol Flynn.
2: <laughs> I think the Fox from the Disney one is pretty good. That's my that's my Robin Hood <laughs> in my And, my and my the brain. Mel Brooks one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, men in tights. Men in tights. <laughs> um, all right, I love so. That. Uh, we got a question uh, from Sean. I'm not really, I don't think me or Steve might be able to answer this question because we haven't, don't have enough history with comic books yet. But, uh, Pish, gosh. <laughs> best C list or below villain do for a comeback makeover for either of the big two? I've said this a couple of months ago,
0: but The Beyonder.
3: Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Well, with, the with the shoulder pads.
0: The Beyonder is this kind of like transcendent being who who. Pretty much knows all, and uh, and he wears this big white like disco suit with shoulder pads. And <laughs> picture, picture Joan Collins in Dynasty
3: for those of us old enough to remember.
0: Uh huh. Like he was the one that went and collected everyone for, for the Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Oh, okay. uh, like where gotcha. Spidey got his black yeah. costume gotcha. and yeah, so he collected all those. He was on the Spidey animated series. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
3: And then for then he came back and visited the Earth. What a- what is Earth like? Yeah. And he'd come and show up and be a woman or black or all sorts of crazy stuff
0: and I could yeah, I could definitely see him hopping around. It's like Saturday Night Fever with a trench coat. Exactly.
3: <laughs> and superpowers. Omnipotent superpowers. For me, I think it's coming already. I think we're going to see the Mole Man play a big part in Future mm-hmm. Foundation or FF whatever you want to call this new one.
2: Comes
0: out Good. today. Right.
3: Well, we've seen the little mole kids hand him some stuff. Oh, boy. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
2: De- 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 so I'm <laughs> looking forward to
3: see him do some wreckage. That'll be cool. Definitely, definitely. Oh, was that a Beyonder picture? Yeah, yeah man. Uh, he's, he's styling.
2: Pictures. Very, very cool. Um, all right. So this is from Josh. He has, uh, this past week was a huge week for comics, so I came up with several questions to help someone with smaller pockets narrow down their choice for this week. Uh, so this is this past week we just we just went mm-hmm. through uh, this is he calls it the lightning round alright so DC New 52 Justice League of America's Vibe number one or Marvel Now Nova number one Rob Nova Steve Nova 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 uh, Justice League of America number one or Justice League number 17
0: well it depends if you read Justice no, League it no it depends lightning <laughs> round
2: Rob you gotta pick one number one <laughs> okay so you're cutting number one or picking number no, one no picking number okay. one
3: Number 1. Number 1.
2: I also say number 1. Uh, I haven't I didn't read either of these. So I, I can't do this. Nightwing number 17 or Red Hood and the Outlaws number 17. Uh, Red Hood and the
0: Outlaws. Red Hood. No opinion.
2: I have no opinion. Something big happened in Red Hood, right? You sh- yeah. you showed me. Um my Little Pony, micro-series number one, Twilight Sparkle, or Happy, number four?
0: Oh, happy, number
1: four. <laughs> I'm going to say My Little Pony. My Little Pony. <laughs> Tom Zallard, come on.
2: Uh, I love that it's, it's Twilight Sparkle versus Grant yeah. Morrison's Happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe you just saw the title. Because Happy's got the little pony thing. You get Happy's a, little horse, but it's, get, just, uh, it's like the most bizarre horses. combination. Uh, Captain America, number four, or Captain Marvel, number ten?
0: <laughs> Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel.
2: All right. Support. Uh, here's a Daredevil number 23 or the Indestructible Hulk number four.
0: Uh, tough one for Mark Wade fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil.
2: Yeah. Daredevil. 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 Absolutely. And Thor God of Thunder number five or mm-hmm. Sword of Sorcery number five. Thor.
1: Thor. Thor. We didn't get to it in books of the week. Thor kicked ass this past week. That book was awesome. Thor all the way. Nice.
3: And, I think uh, it's a nice way to look at how you pare your list down. Yeah, make it's
2: individual decisions. Yeah, uh, and Josh also said uh, at Mr. Bob Ryers. I want more of these <laughs> at Mr. Bob Ryers' insistence. I checked out a couple of Captain Marvel back issues. Yes. to see if I could get into it. As it's not something I was drawn to, and I picked up reading comics again. I have to say that I was shocked by the art inside and thoroughly enjoyed the book as a whole. I'm so glad you all championed the book so hard. Hopefully, I'm not the only convert and the book will live on. Keep up the great work. Welcome to the there Carol you go. Bob. Yeah, so thank see, you very I have much Josh. after all. And this is another one actually. This is uh, this is along the same lines. This is from Mike. Uh, well I have to say I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now and I have to agree with with what Stephanie has said a couple times. You guys mainly Bob and Steve have talked about the Fantastic Four and FF runs by Hickman quite a lot. Come <laughs> to think of it, I'm not sure there is a show that I can recall it not coming up. That's right. It's always Fantastic Four this, FF that and on and on and on. What I don't understand is why it took me so long, took it took so long to sink in. Check it out. I went to my local library and checked out every each and every volume I could find. It has to be the best, the best anything I have read in ages. Yeah. I grew up on the Fantastic Four, it was my favorite when I was a kid. Well, one of them. I still have a bunch of the old issues. I guess what I have to say is sincerely thank you reading that has brought back the magic and the excitement of reading comics again thank you so much and keep up the good work I'm getting tears Mike yes. J from Colorado Yay. thank awesome. you very much <laughs> best email ever so thank you very much Mike and thank you very much everybody else who wrote in we have a few more questions we're not going to get to tonight but we'll definitely keep them in the pile and uh, and get it to them another day um, so while I two, bring up
0: two I bring feathers
1: up, in your cap Bob I yeah.
0: know no if I get Stephanie to read them we'll be and shame. awesome that the library <laughs> had them too good yep. job Whoever requested them or the librarians that were—I'm telling you—when I Good went back librarian. and I
1: read Hickman's Run, for, like from the beginning after jumping on at 600, it was the single most satisfying thing that I'd ever done comic-wise as far as reading. It was such a thrill to see all of that stuff come together.
0: It was great. Bobby's about to do that with uh, with Grant Morrison's X-Men. I am he about just, to do that. Yeah, he, he just he... got the first little chunk. I did. <laughs> I
2: just did it with Morrison's Batman. I'm going to do it with his X-Men. Yeah, he... uh, but I think is. Interesting, and and, you know, we do talk about a lot of the same books a lot, and there are reasons for that, and I just want to say, obviously, one, they're great books, and we want to talk about them, let people know they're great books. B, much like we talked about with Daredevil earlier, you know, a lot of people have been listening every episode we've done, all 70 plus episodes, including the interviews that we've done, but some people, this is the first time they're ever going to listen to the show, and if we don't talk about these books that we love when they come out, those new people are never going to hear that these books came out.
3: Oh, I like that.
2: And the, the same thing, you know, what Mike said is, he heard us talking about it for months and months and months and it took all of that time for him to pick up the books. Take the leap. There are times yeah. when, we, when you love something and especially in this age, day day when there's so much stuff to read and so much stuff to look at, you have to evangelize things because if you don't, people just see it as, okay, it was good, but I don't need to read it. So, I, those are the reasons why we constantly talk about it. And, and Honestly I I think in this medium things change every every month even when it's the same title. So I think it's important to talk about these things over and over again but the main reason is because I think every podcast is probably somebody's first podcast and I want them to hear about these great books that are out there. Yeah, I mean
1: we Amen. get you know we get new listeners every week yeah. and people asking. I mean we get a lot of the same questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people still don't know what we do outside of the podcast. We yeah. get that every now and again. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just it's good to you know for people that listen every week I can understand where you're like oh here it goes again but in certain instances there's you know there's a very good reason yeah. as to why mm-hmm. we're championing these mm-hmm. books especially you know Bob and I with the Fantastic Four and FF stuff that you know it taps into a whole it taps into the core of what we love as comic book readers and as your hosts that if you want to get closer to the show and closer to the people those are the books that were like you know you associate those books with us and with our personalities on the show mm-hmm. you know like bobby with daredevil stephanie with all of her independent stuff and it's just it's a it's a wide array of books it might seem like we talk about the same books the same companies all the time but you listen enough we're kind of all over the place mm-hmm.
2: absolutely yeah absolutely uh, so that's it for listener uh, feedback. Uh, we're going to move on to what's on the shelves right now. Uh, from Boom Studios, we have Deathmatch, number three. We have Freelancers, number four. Peanuts, number six. And Steed and Mrs. Peel, number five. Yay!
3: Um, <laughs> that's just me. I think we sell eight copies, probably, on Earth, and I get one of them. <laughs>
2: uh, f- <laughs> from Dark Horse, uh, we have... Amala's Blade, number zero. We have Angel and Faith, number 19. We have Answer, number two of four. Uh, We have Criminal Macabre, Final Night, the 30 Days of Night crossover, number three of four. Massive, number nine. Star Wars, Agent of the Empire, Hard Targets, number five. And Star Wars, Dawn of the Jedi, The Prisoner of Bogan, number three of five. Uh, from DC Comics, we have All Star Western number seventeen. We have Aquaman number seventeen. Uh, Batman Incorporated number eight. Yeah. We have Batman: The Dark Knight number seventeen. Before Watchmen, Doctor Manhattan number four of four. We have Flash number seventeen. Fury of Firestorm, The Nuclear Men number seventeen. I, Vampire number seventeen. Injustice: Gods Among Us number two. Joe Kubert presents number five of six. Justice League Dark number 17 Red Lanterns number 17 Savage Hawkman number 17 Talon number 5 Teen Titans number 17 and Unwritten number 46 uh, From Dynamite we have Army of Darkness number 11 Ennis's Jennifer Blood number 23 Lone Ranger number 13 Masks number 4 Whoa. Peter Candon <laughs> Thunderbolt number 6 uh, Vampirella Noob Noob uh, uh, it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> what? it's New Blood. Oh, New Blood. Oh. Yeah, but it's spelled Noob? N N U B L O O D. Oh, goodness. Um mm. it's a one shot. Have uh, you seen
1: these Harlem Shake videos? I have not watched a, any a of them I saw one from a Comic Con and Bless there was you. a Vampirella in the very, very front of the crowd that was
2: bottomless. Oh hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Alright. Uh, uh I'm not of, even gonna ask. Yeah. Warlord of Mars Days Athores number twenty two. Warlords of <laughs> Mars number twenty. 20- Three. Uh, from IDW, we have Doctor Who, number six. Doctor Who, Prisoners of Time, number two of 12. Haunted Horror, number three. Rocketeer, Hollywood Horror, number yes. one. Star Trek, The Next Generation. Hive, number four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret History of the Foot Clan, number three of four. Transformers.
3: More than ACI. Nope. Oh, Robots
2: in Disguise, Rats. number 14. Mm. Uh, from Image Comics. We've got uh, Artifacts, number 25. We have Carbon Gray, volume 2, number 3. Comeback, number 4 of 5. Five Weapons, number 1 of 5. Yay. Hack Slash, number 24. Uh, Legend of Uther Strode, number 3 of 6. Yes. MacGyver, Fugitive Gauntlet, number Mac-Diver. 5 of 5. Uh, Prophet, number 34. Uh, Uncanny Skull Kickers number one and Witch Doctor Mall Practice number four of six (laughs) Uh, from Marvel Comics we've got Astonishing X-Men number 59 we've got Avengers Arena number five we've got Avenging Spider-Man number 17 yes we've got Castle A Calm Before the Storm number three of five we have Deadpool Illustrated number two of four FF, number four. Gambit, yeah. number nine. Aww. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 0.1. Yay. We have Hawkeye, number eight. Yeah. Journey into Mystery, number 649. Yeah. Um, uh, pressure Warzone, number five of five. We have Thunderbolts, number five. Ultimate Comics, X-Men, number 23. Uncanny Avengers, number four. Uncanny X-Force, number two. X-Men Legacy, number six. Extreme X-Men, number 11, and Young Avengers, number 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. From Oni Press, we have Courtney Crumman, number 10. Um. From Valiant, we have Bloodshot, volume 1, which is the tr- first trade fairback of that. Uh, and then from Zenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales Presents Madness of Wonderland, number 1. We have Grim Fairy Tales Presents The Jungle Book, Last of the Species, number 1. Uh, and the Grim Fairy Tales Valentine's Day Special, 2013, Oh no! Hmm. There we go. So that's it. That's what's on the shelves uh, right now. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, info at talkingcomics dot at talking comics uh, on Twitter, Facebook.com slash talking comics, and of course the website is talkingcomicbooks.com. dot uh, com. Uh, I uh, kind of retool talking comics presents, and what I'm asking for, kind of from you guys, is if you guys can send uh, me the books that you're interested in that are coming out. Uh, this week and if you guys want to include little descriptions that's even better. Uh, also if you guys can if you guys find fan art or you do want to do a little testimonial video testimonial or an audio testimonial and you put it up on youtube I'll embed it in that article. If you guys find art or have done art, I want either one of those things. I really want it to be not only us as a, as a website and staff writing what're excited about but what you guys are excited about because that truly makes it kind of what talking comics presents because we're all it's it all makes the machine go along so uh hmm. check that out com. the first one is up now we there's some fan uh and listener involvement in that but i want to make it even bigger and bigger hmm. as we go along
1: i like the art at the bottom yeah from kyle yeah yeah it's awesome the uh <laughs> the combined bat symbol yeah yeah it was cute
2: it's pretty cool it's a it's a batgirl and batman uh yeah. sketch and it has a it's it, it, it's pretty cool so check that out um Obviously look for all the reviews, look for Steve's uh, c- covers of the week article that'll be up, and uh, comment, because, and we'll comment back and we'll have discussions with you mm-hmm. right there as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us personally, I'm at Bobby Shortall on Twitter. Steve? Mine is uh, dead underscore anchorus. Rob? Dusk 1020. Desk?
1: De- <laughs> D-U-S-K.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> and Bob?
3: Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com.
2: And of course, Stephanie is at HelloCookie if you want to get in touch with her. All right, so that is it uh, for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. Have fun. Bob.
3: Soil and Green is People.
2: And Rob. Bye. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.